In this episode, we talk about StarCraft II, Overwatch's 30th hero, Anthem, the Oscars, and how Hollywood might finally be listening to us. Then we review Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and the Umbrella Academy. All this and more on The Geek Generation. Hey now, welcome to the Geek Generation. I'm your host, Rob Logan, joined in the studio today by Paul O. Hello. And Damien. The band's back together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In studio stuff. How about that? I know. What year is this? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Please (laughs) tell me. Uh, Finally. Oh. Paul O and Damien have come back. Don't call it a comeback. Studio. Before we started recording, I was like, Paul, you're so quiet. And now he's like Dwayne ah! the Rock Johnson. Oh, boy. Anyway, uh, it's been a bit since we've been on. Our last episode was our Christmas episode. Mm. So all of January, all of February was completely off. Uh, that is due to multiple reasons, one of which is just scheduling things is tough, uh, but also because I have been myself working on a lot of different things. Um one of those things is something is not ready to be announced just yet, Ooh. but it's exciting and it's in the hopefully near future. Uh, I'm hoping we can make an announcement in the next few weeks. So be on the lookout for that. But if you are missing this show for any reason, I know it's not 100% the same, but keep in mind that this is not the only show that we do. If you go to thegeekgeneration.com, you can also check out Random Movie Clubs because even when this is taking a break here and there, it seems like Random Movie Club has become our more steady show right now Mm -hmm. so every other week we release an episode of that so you can definitely check that out at any time uh every other sunday is the release on those Uh, and those have been a lot of fun and we're doing more and more of them and we're hoping to get that up to a weekly release i would like to at least for now for some sort of consistency have random movie club stay edits every other week Mm -hmm. for now and then get geek gen on like the every other week as well that way we have something coming out every week whether it be this show or the other show uh, that's the optimal hope. Uh, we'll see what actually happens. Don't hold me to that because things get busy and we'll try not to fall into another hibernation. Mm-hmm. We'll try our best. Also, if you guys want to make sure that we're getting content out more often, there's always the Patreon, which I harp on all the time, but it really is the best way. Uh, we've actually lost some patrons recently, uh, just for one reason or another. Oh, so it would be helpful uh, if people want to support these shows to hop on to thegeekgeneration.com slash support. You can get, uh, again, if you're missing things, you get bonus content over there. I've been consistent with that as well. It's one bonus episode a month, but it's another show that we've started doing called IMD Babble. And it's literally pulling up an IMDB page for someone in Hollywood and going through their entire credits. And they take uh, the goal was to take like 45 minutes to an hour. They've been getting to like an hour 15, an hour 20 lately. We have episodes right now covering Bruce Willis, Tom Hanks, Robin Williams, and there's more to come. So you get that stuff through the Patreon, thegeekgeneration.com slash support. But now it is time for our geek outs. Yay! Paul, what are you geeking out over? My first geek out is like kind of old (laughs) so like recently uh just to kind of turn my mind off at the end of the day i've been playing starcraft 2 again Mm -hmm. 
and I completely missed everything after Wings of Liberty, which was the first, like the first release of StarCraft. Okay. Like if you're not familiar, StarCraft 2 has like three sort of packs that they were released in. The first one was Wings of Liberty, and that was like the Terran or human set. Mm -hmm. okay. And then there was Heart of the Swarm, which is for the Zerg, which is kind of like the alien sort of bio sort of looking things. And then there was, um, I forgot what the last one was, but it's for the Protoss. Those are the three races within StarCraft sure. that you can use to play. Yep. I had fallen off after Wings of Liberty because I just, you know, life and other things and maybe losing interest in StarCraft. But then I rediscovered it recently because one, I heard it's free to play. And oh, right. Yeah. And yeah. Two, just like, I mean, it's, it's resource management at its finest. Um, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's an excellent way to turn off your brain if like, you know, you've had a stressful day or if you have a long day or if things are just not going well, it's just like something to take your mind off of everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, it's super fun. Um, trying to like rediscover some of the things that have released between Wings of Liberty and now, which are like these sort of like co-op games. There's also, I mean, my bread and butter with StarCraft 2 is just like me versus AI. Mm -hmm. And I like to do that just because it's, predictable simple i'm not trying to get like up like like rank myself up on the ladders or anything so you're not going pro in starcraft uh -oh. too no. you don't want to take on the korean players <laughs> oh no that's it's like a japanese guy dominating korean people that just <laughs> oh, history okay. has taught us that that is not a good thing let's not go there um but yeah it's just like super fun to like uh play the game again and sort of like like, you know, if you're like maybe having your having a shitty day, like, you know, like just dominating like five computers that are all set to like super easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's just like a way to make your like kind of like puff up your Look, ego I just want to be OP for like an hour. Yeah. Just <laughs> let me like not be, you know, like a servant to. You Is know, that yeah. not why we all play games kind of to begin with anyway, though? So Yeah. And it's fun to like explore like I'm not as good as some of these pro players are, but like mm -hmm. I will watch videos of pro players playing and like they are able to execute a strategy that, you know, in like my limited capacity, I couldn't do like in a real game in real time. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. like if I have like a game that's slowed down, not the game pace itself, but it's slowed down by the skill of the other player. Right, right. You know, uh, okay. it's fun to like execute those strategies uh, you know, like a normal person's speed, sure. you know? <laughs> sure. So like, yeah, it's just fun to do that and like, you know, see the success from it. And so um, definitely having some fun with that. I don't remember what my Battle.net name is, but <laughs> um, yeah, you know, don't find me on Battle.net. <laughs> All I do is play AI anyway, so just leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to be found. I don't remember my name, but if I did, I wouldn't give it to you because I don't want to play with you anyway. Or I'll give it to you so you can send me an invite so I can reject it just to feel a little more OP. Even yeah, better. I'm like, I, I, like I'm, I feel better about sharing my like screen name or like my uh, Xbox ID just because... With those games, it's usually not competitive at all or like, you know, like I don't feel bothered when I'm talking to people on mm -hmm. Xbox. But for some reason, just like StarCraft for me is almost like meditation. So mm -hmm. it's like a way to like zone out. I don't really want to like have to worry about playing with somebody else or like have a conversation with them. Just oh, like people, well, right? Like at the end of the day, you're just like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I, I just want to do this thing and go to bed. And I don't mm -hmm. want somebody to be like, hey, man, how's it going? I'm like, fuck stop your energy is killing my vibe right now so yeah 
So that's like my first geek out. Yeah. My second geek out is that Jesus and Mero, the most illustrious podcast, the strongest brand in late night TV is back. They are, uh, they went from Vice to Showtime now. So they are on premium cable. Um, wait, but, wait, it, what is it? A it's a show. Yeah. So they started off as a podcast and okay. then they, uh, parlayed that into a show on Vice. Uh, you know, the TV network. Okay. And okay. then, um, I think they got canceled on Vice, but then they got picked up by Showtime. Is Vice what Spike used to be? No. Vice is like its own channel. I didn't know they had a channel. Yeah. They, start, they started off as like, uh, like a media publication. So they would do like online articles yeah, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. It's that same as the Vice website. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. And then, yeah. and then they have, now they have a, or they've had a cable channel for a while now. Oh, I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah. So they kind of took a lot of their YouTube stuff and they turned it into TV. But for Vice, Jesus and Mero was like their first sort of late night TV. Okay. And, um, and if, in case you're not familiar, Jesus Nice, the kid Mero, they're two, I guess, comedians from New York City. They're very New York City centric. So, like, if that's not your thing, then this is really not the show for you. <laughs> but, um, like, they're, they're like 30 second history is like they started on Twitter, like, just like they, they would find each other through like, Twitter conversations and then like they would they found out that like their they their sort of personalities meshed together and that they did well and then they had a YouTube show on Complex which is mm, like okay uh so they were on Complex for a while then they got picked up by Vice to do the show and then now that show Jesus Mero is now in Showtime mm. and so the current Showtime show is only once a week but um I mean as far as the format goes it's very similar to the Vice show but I would say that there are, you know, the sort of 15 minutes where they talk about the news of the week Mm -hmm. and then they have like a guest who comes on and then they have so far they've had after the guest a remote spot where they like go and film something somewhere. Okay. Hmm. Um, And so it's like it's like their show got better because they got more money to build the show that because imagine how that works if you fund a thing. Yeah, it's it's almost as if we've been trying to do that for a while now. And uh Yeah, who knows? They may be almost as good as we are with that money. Yeah. So, like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Showtime, Mm. you know. Yeah. We're looking for a plug. Sure. Uh, (laughs) They're looking for us. So, yeah. So, I mean, I'm glad to see them back just because, like, I'm a big fan of their podcast. I was a big fan of their show. Um, and now that they're on once a week, it's like actually a little bit better for me just because of like the TV schedule. And sure. like, if you got like five shows a week. I'm going to definitely fall behind. Mm-hmm. But like, if you've got one show a week, that's awesome. Cause like, I can almost even make that appointment TV where mm-hmm. I can watch it when it actually happens. I don't <laughs> record it and I watch it on the weekend, but I could, you know, in theory, in theory. So yeah, um, I'm glad to see them back. I'm glad to see that their show is doing well and the brand is strong nice that's it for me though cool cool damien all righty so i know me and rob have been playing overwatch for the last couple of years and it's kind of been our go-to game oh yes paul have you been like keeping up with it at all or? so like i've i the last time that i played overwatch the new character was um the robot girl oh my god orisa the, oh, the the tank okay. she was like you know like yeah uh, yeah, yeah yeah orisa wow yeah, that was my last okay one. yeah so it's... that's been been a while yeah. so you played. haven't seen hammond or ash or was moira out at that point i don't think I she don't was think so i think like yeah i've been keeping up just because you know like blizzard does like those cinematics on yeah, the yeah. youtube channels those which are good are, which are awesome yeah but like i haven't really been playing oh yeah. okay but you're still a little bit into the lore which is cool yeah 
Yeah. So uh, recently they announced uh, Hero 30, 30th character on the roster, and his name is Jean-Baptiste, and he's referred to as Baptiste. So, you know, name from French descent, but he's actually Haitian, oh, not nice. from France like Widowmaker. Um, he's a new support character, but he leans towards like a DPS. So I like to think that on like his DPS side, he feels a little bit like Soldier 76, mm -hmm. where he's got like, you know, like a machine gun, except his sh shoots and bursts. And then, like, on his support side, he shoots out these um, bionic grenades that feel like a combination of Ana and uh, Junkrat. Okay. So he's got, like, you know, like, splash healing for, like, a projectile. Which and you were, really like, cool. playing him on the PTR, right? I was, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I yeah. haven't tried him out yet. Oh, okay, yeah. So, yeah, the, the PTR, the, 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 the test region on PC, I've had a chance to play. And uh, I think he's he feels really cool. Yeah. But what I really like about him is that, you know, his lore, his character, you know, he was... Uh, the story is, is that he was a Haitian orphan during the Omnic crisis mm -hmm. and he uh, enlisted in like, you know, the uh, it was Talon. Well, the... later it was Talon. Oh, okay, but like, yeah. like during the Omnic crisis, he found his way into it being like a medic, you know, to fight back yep. during the wars, um, you know, made his way into special forces. And then he gets involved with Talon, which is the, the global evil organization in the Overwatch universe. And uh, he eventually realizes that they have bad intentions for mm -hmm. the world and becomes a renegade. In any case, a little bit like Finn. Oh, right, right. Yeah. From Star Wars. Yeah. 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 But what's really cool is that, you know, as a, a person of color, uh, I, I'm, you know, on my mother's side, I'm uh, Afro-Caribbean mm -hmm. in descent. And it's really cool to see another, you know, a, a Caribbean character uh, in a game as big as Overwatch mm -hmm. with their fleshed out storyline and stuff like that. Because, you know, it's, 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 it's really cool. Like, you know, it's, it's one thing to associate with just, you know, an African-American character. Um, or an African character or, you know, just any person of color. Mm -hmm. But, you know, his backstory, you know, resonates with me pretty, pretty nicely. Like, I'm not necessarily Haitian, but, uh, you know, just that Caribbean background is like really cool to see. And Something it's, more specific that you hadn't exactly, encountered. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, and it's really cool to see, you know, that diversity within the roster continue to build as they add more characters. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, I want to say probably like seven characters of color right now, you know, a few Latino characters and then even... The Caucasian characters, they're diverse, too. You know, you have American characters. You yeah. have characters from Switzerland. You have characters that are from Scandinavia and stuff. And it's it's a really nice spread. And it's yeah. cool to see it continue. It's huh. interesting. Overwatch has always been a very... It's been celebrated a lot for its yeah. diversity. Mm -hmm. So what you're telling me is that representation matters, <laughs> Hollywood. <laughs> what a novel concept. <laughs> oh, I feel like we're going to get to this soon. Uh <laughs> Does having I know you said it's important that there's a character that you recognize, but when you're playing Overwatch, do you lean towards a certain character because of them? I find I don't necessarily mm -hmm. because one, uh, I don't see them. While sure, I'm playing. yeah, it's a first person game, and and two, gameplay trumps any other like feelings about the character. Like I'm lucky mm -hmm. in the fact that the character I identify with the most. I also happen to enjoy playing the most sure. in Reaper. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm a I'm an edgelord and, <laughs> and so is Reaper. Um, but like my two most used characters beyond that are Moira and Ash. Mm -hmm. Which You're you're not a you know, a bandit cowgirl from, <laughs> no, from the I'm not. Okay. No. Um for me it's not so much playing as that character. Mm -hmm. Uh for me it's more of just the inclusion of that character. Okay. It's the lore of the character. It's what may eventually be more cinematics with that character. Sure. It's, even just seeing that character played on my team or on an enemy team and hearing their voice lines and just like knowing that their presence is there. Okay. Um, it's uh, that, that's what really kind of resonates with me. And I, I just like no knowing that they're there and that's enough. Yeah. That's enough for me. Yeah. But whether or not I actually play them. And I do think that he 
is going to be a really cool character because they've given him quite a loadout of he abilities. He looks fun. He, he, he does look fun. And he actually, you know, feels really good to play without, yeah. without feeling super overpowered. I think they've done pretty good for the initial balance. I'm sure there will be always tweaks and patches as it goes forward, but I think it's going to be I like the really passive cool. ability to the uh, the jump legs. Yeah, that's cool. And like, who th- who would have thought of giving like an enhancement ability to someone crouching mm-hmm. to build up a, a super jump? Yeah, like I don't even think people really even crouch in this game. Like in general, with any character, the only time I really use the crouch, but I mean, I do a little bit when I'm sneaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but aside from that, you use it for uh, the pile driver attack from Hammond. Right. But that's pretty much it. Yeah, and but even then he's a new character too. Yeah, yeah. Relatively, so it's like it's only it's like almost like they're trying to force you to try out some of the other use buttons. Use all our buttons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Push all our buttons, please. We're there for a reason. Cool. Yeah. So my second geek out, um, and I don't know if I'm in the minority or not on this, and it seems like I kind of am for some of the people that I've talked to, but I feel pretty good and I've got some optimism towards the film of Detective Pikachu mm-hmm. that's coming out. And I say that specifically for two reasons. One, having Ryan Reynolds on the project, you know, I saw what he did with Deadpool mm-hmm. and, you know, his passion for that character. He had creative force behind that team. Like he fought for the character and got oh, yeah. what he wanted out of it. I'm not necessarily saying that he is the, you know, the world's greatest Pokemon fan and will push for <laughs> complete canonical accuracy. Yeah. But I think he will do the character justice and will at least try and push whatever, you know, whatever direction that's going in that movie towards what aligns best with the fan base. Mm. And second of all, I like that they're, while they're going with a live action medium, that's, you know, very different from, you know, the cartoony world that we're used to. The fact that they're using a a, a character that's completely brand new, they're not really using an established storyline mm. means that at least in my opinion, compared to other video game based movies, it's a very safe movie to kind of go with. Mm. They're not butting up against another canon. Like Detective Pikachu exists as a video game. It's a spin-off video game, but it's not a heavy lore based game that like, you know, comes from the anime right. or anything like that. It's not an origin story. So it's not like they're trying to do like red from the game or ash from the anime. Mm-hmm. It's completely separate. So I feel like no matter what happens towards the movie even if it's you know a pretty it's a it's a good movie its flaws aren't going to take away from it because it doesn't have something to be directly compared to sure no that's it's probably the wise thing to do yeah yeah so i think what they're doing with it is really smart i've actually seen decent response to it online yeah at least from the people i follow uh mostly like twitch streamers and stuff are all like oh my god uh," and they're just excited about seeing the pokemon rendered in the style that they are they look really good right Mm -hmm. Uh, like I, my my Pokemon knowledge is so low that like so I'm like, not a good base of like forming the opinions here, but I still think like just from seeing them from an animation perspective and character design, they look really good. Mm-hmm. So I saw the most recent like uh, I don't know if it's a full trailer or a TV spot, but it's the one with Lickitung. Yeah, and oh my god, that tongue is just like so like realistic and gross, and it just how it flops out of his mouth. I was just like disgusted but also like hmm, like positive vibes about this movie right and like you feel like it, it since it does look more realistic it makes you even like do like a second thought of like the cutesy cuddly like pokemon in the anime or it's mm-hmm. like well what if they really did look like this like what if we're just seeing it through a rose filter and it's like you know they're a little more gritty and just there's more fur on these pokemon that look like they were just you know soft shiny balloons sure sure um and the other thing too is that like it's 
target audience. You know, it's people of my generation, people of your generation that grew up with Pokemon from the from the beginning, you know, that are adults now. Yeah. And so I I don't think it has an official rating yet, but it's probably pushing a like a PG-13 rating. I like that rating. Damien thinks I'm young enough to have grown up with Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> well, when Pokemon came out, you I were just kind of missed it. You would have been in like, you know, middle school, high school. So you, you know, was been... was Pokemon geared towards that age? I would no. think so. I, I think, think it was much younger. I think what happened, like, I think the reason why Rob missed it and I only picked up on it mm -hmm. was because I had a friend who was like super into it because I, otherwise I would have missed it. Like, okay. I would have not been in that age group where Pokemon was really big. Mm -hmm. I just remember a friend of mine being like, oh, I got to go home right after school. And he's like, I'm like, why? Let's go like do something dumb, like blow up fireworks. <laughs> he's like, no, no, I got to like, I got to watch TV. And I was like, fine and then like we would go over to his house and we'd i was like oh this is anime and then i was like oh this is pokemon mm -hmm. and then like that's how i kind of got into it because like you know like and then I, paul I, ran out of the house foaming at the mouth going gotta catch them all gotta right. catch them all gotta catch them. <laughs> <laughs> like i had a friend who would drag me to his house and then i would watch the yeah. show with him mm -hmm. and so like i got on the train and like I, admittedly like pokemon like even among anime is like not something that as an adult, it's easy to convey that I am yeah. a fan of this because people mm -hmm. immediately associate it with kids. Yes. Right. And so, like, even when Pokemon Go was a thing, like, that was very difficult to, like, explain to, like, people 30 and up because mm -hmm. they were like, why are you a fan of Pokemon? That's mm -hmm. for kids. And then subsequently, you just be like, fuck you, get out of my face. Yeah, yeah. And then start trying to catch Pokemon. <laughs> but, like, you know, like, it's like, it's, it's something about Pokemon and, like, how it is situated within the cultural zeitgeist that it's like it makes it difficult to own as an adult but you do it anyway because mm -hmm. you're a fan of it mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah that I, sounds I like, like most of my life right I mean, yeah it's like most geek <laughs> it makes stuff it difficult kinda, to own yeah, yeah as an adult right yeah i'm thinking like you're, you're you know, you guys have about a decade on me, so like you probably only had you know less hey, of hey, a hey, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not on, put a number yeah, on it. This, I said about a decade. I didn't. I didn't stay specific. Let's not numbers. put a number on it. A dec decade makes it sound mad old. <laughs> it's like mad it's like, old. It's like you guys got a couple of years on me. Mm -hmm. right. Okay, thumbs up. Right. Since we're all millennials here, but you're on that side of the of the of the boundary. Uh, I was born in that like that margin where I'm not same. quite a millennial, right? But like, yeah, you're, like a, a, you're like a fringe millennial. I'm not like a Gen Xer either. Like it's, I don't know. Yeah. But. We're the lost. <laughs> yeah, we're the lost right. generation. We're the geek generation. There you oh. go. Ooh. Fired. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So but anyways, back to what I was saying, that it feels like it's geared towards more of like a PG-13 release. Yeah. And, you know, it's going towards that older, older generation that grew up with it. So I feel like they're going to, instead of, they're not trying to tone it down for like, an entire, you know, children audience. They're probably going to throw in a lot of nods and a lot of things that we would pick up on and that I think that's kind of what they're going to go for. Cool. Yeah. And then my third geek out is PAX East. Yeah. So I went to PAX East in Boston last year for the first time and I absolutely Oh, that's fell right. In love with that it. was your first one last yeah. year. I forgot about that. So I'm coming back this year. Uh, I plan on going Friday, Saturday, and I am absolutely stoked for it. I'm actually bringing my girlfriend with me for the Friday, which will be nice because I'll get to show her the convention and mm -hmm. it'll be her first time going to something like that. And I, you know, I really look forward to like last year was kind of like, you know, you know, first day was a little overwhelming and mm -hmm. just kind of taking everything in and not knowing Heavy where to go. Stimuli. But, you know, 
I thank you, Rob, for, you know, letting me tag along with some no, of the of interviews just because it allowed me to get a real sense of go to the booths and, you know, actually see what they got going on, try things out, ask questions. And really, you never know, you might find something that you really like when mm-hmm. you're there. It's also the best way to do it is to go with press people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I went I went with Rob one year and mm-hmm. that was like made it infinitely better. Spoiled. Oh my god. Like just being a normal pleb, just like walking around like waiting, waiting in lines. lines. Gross. Jesus. Like what is that? Like I'm not a peasant. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, I probably got spoiled my first time around, but I still think I'm going to have a a lot of fun. And I have, you know, a lot of people that I'm going to run into and connect with. And I think I'm just, you know, I'm just really excited for it again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, being just being part of the like Twitch community and gaming community Mm -hmm. larger now means there's so many more people we know that are going to be there. That just makes it instantly more fun. Right. Are you now is your girlfriend a nerd Uh, or nerdy? Yes, um, not necessarily so much into video games. She does she does play video games. She enjoys video games. Her favorite series is Kingdom Hearts, but she's actually a lot more into the movies. Mm, so okay. she's a lot more of a movie buff than a video game buff. Mm. But we've been playing, you know, a lot more games together recently and stuff. So I think she's going to have a really good time. Cool. All right. Uh, my first geek out was a nice little email that I got from Verizon. Like I, I, we always are very mean to. Our content providers. Uh, But because of that, I have to give credit when credit is due. I literally got an email from Verizon one day that said, hey, just so you know, your Internet speed is being increased. And I was like, oh, did I click a button I wasn't supposed to? (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, And it turns out that, no, my plan is just getting more data and the price isn't changing whatsoever. Well, how dare they? I know, right? I was at 50 50 uh, mm-hmm. uh, download upload, and now I'm at 100 100 paying Damn. the same price. So, did you check it immediately after they told you? That I did, they- and I checked my bill and everything, and <laughs> <laughs> just to make sure that it wasn't my mistake. Uh, yeah, so I checked the bill, I checked the upload download speed. It's great. And I still I have this weird thing that is inexplicable that everyone sees, it and they're like, how that doesn't happen. My upload speed is faster than my download speed. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Yeah. Which and it always has been even before this speed up uh, increase. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand because it's never like that for people, but it's great for streaming. Right. (laughs) So I will take it. So I got to give Verizon props. Uh, Fios is good stuff. Well worth it. So happy I made the switch from Comcast. Yeah, I'm still on Comcast. (laughs) Me too. My upload is like six. Oof. Seven. Oof. Ten on a good day. Yeah. And Rob's like, you peasant, right? <laughs> You're still living in the single digits. <laughs> single, single, single digits. Oh, 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 heavens. Oh. oh, don't touch my wires. You might get it dirty. You might get it dirty with your single digit filth. I'm sorry. I'm just a pleb. Uh, my next one is uh, a pair. I didn't put this on the show notes until now, but uh, I, Damien was talking about Bluetooth uh, headset or earbuds mm-hmm. or something along those lines. I purchased some recently. Uh, these are the Omni U-Winner Bluetooth earbuds. This is not an ad. This is just something I'm excited about. No, is it U-Winner? Is that what it's you said? It's called U-Winner, which just makes me feel good. Oh, huh, you bought it for well. self-confidence, yeah. of course. Look, I need boosts Rob needs a little love, guys. It's true. Um, but these are, like, you've probably seen things similar to this before. 
They come in a Are little battery pack. Are you proposing to me? That's the fun. So I showed this <laughs> to one of my streamer friends while uh, I was doing a co-op baking stream, like coming up with one of my friends, my friend Katie. Uh, you guys have heard Katie Peters on the podcast before. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, Katie, I'm going to show you these uh, earbuds that I bought. And I was like, oh, it looks like I'm proposing to you. <laughs> it opens like a ring case. Uh, but the, the earbuds are in there. They're really cool. Uh, as soon as you take them out, they turn on. They'll sync with each other or they'll stay independent. You can actually oh, select cool. them as independent ones on the device they're connected to. The other nice thing about them is they last about three to four hours on a single charge, mm -hmm. but this will recharge them four times. The case will charge total. That's yeah. awesome. So ultimately you could get like a full day's listening out of them. Mm -hmm. So like if I'm using them for something uh, like streaming purposes, I'll put in one. So that I can just swap them if I need to. Oh, there you go. Uh, and then one can charge while I'm using the other. Mm -hmm. But uh, I like to use them for working out. They don't fall out of my ears or anything. Uh, the sound's really good. There's a button on the side of the right one mm -hmm. so that I can pause or play whatever I'm currently listening to. Cool. It's just super freaking convenient not to have wires everywhere. Right. Even just like shoveling the snow if I throw them in and not having like a wire that I have to like... Mm -hmm. put underneath my sweatshirt so yeah. that the shovel doesn't catch it and rip it out of my ear or anything right it's just super freaking convenient and i haven't used the mic on them at all because i don't connect them to my phone i use them most for my ipod mm -hmm. just to listen to stuff but the audio quality is really good and i got them on like a crazy deal they were like 30 dollars or like 25 or 30 dollars on a lightning sale when i got them i think they're like 45 or 50 now uh the norm but i would say they're well worth it uh, and if people want to know exactly which ones, I know it's a weird name. I will link them in the show notes at thegeekgeneration.com. You can click a link there. We'll probably be an affiliate link as well. So if you do purchase through our links, it does help us out. Uh, but again, not an ad. So, <laughs> I just enjoy them. Yeah. So, you know, just, you know, a little bit cheaper than AirPods, you know, yeah. just a slight, slight, slight little discount. Yeah. Yeah. I like how like now with the AirPods and with these like Bluetooth headsets, like now if you're not wearing them, it's like, what are you poor? Like, right. what's wrong with you? Like I like I have a Bluetooth headset that has a wire between them. Yeah, but me is, too. You know, but is otherwise wireless. And I was wearing those like in the office, and then like I work at a tech company, so everybody's very up to date on like mm -hmm. tech stuff. Mm. And so like everybody has AirPods. Did you get tech shamed? Oh, oh yeah, no, like a hundred percent. Like we were like not Shame. like like outright, but Shame. they're like, wait, you have an iPhone, don't you? And I'm like, yeah. And like, why don't you have AirPods? Like, oh my god, um, I, I I don't know. I don't. No, give like, a fuck. do you have like, single digit internet? <laughs> right? <laughs> Are you only uploading Shame. and downloading in single digits? Shame. You poor. What's wrong with you? But do, like, do you have two children and mouths to feed? Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I, like for me, it's like the Bluetooth headset that I have is fine because it's I can use it when I'm working out. It doesn't mm -hmm. get in the way, and like having just the idea of just having like something free hanging in my ear, like like an AirPod, not yeah, necessarily yeah. those, but like an AirPod that looks like it's not really going to stay in there that well. Mm -hmm. Like it just, to me, it just doesn't seem worth it. But like, yeah, I've been like, definitely been tech shamed into like maybe considering buying them. <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, but I also don't give a fuck. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's weird, but I mean, whatever. Oh, I, I had to like talk myself into buying these. I was like, I really need these. Like I'm going to use them for streaming and for work mm -hmm. and things like, 
but I still, anytime I spend like any money, I have to talk myself into it. Yeah. And these, this, like, even if they come out with better ones that are like $20, like five years from now, I'll be like, these still work. (laughs) Why would I upgrade? (laughs) Right. Uh, My next one is how to train your dragon, the hidden world. Am I the only one here that's seen it so far? Uh, It's out. It's out. It came out on the 22nd. Okay, so uh, yeah, I'm a parent with kids. Yeah. I don't fucking know what's going on with movies anymore. <laughs> it is out. Uh, I saw it, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. Oh, yeah. I would say it is not as good as one or two. Okay. But it is still it's still a solid movie. Like To say it's not as good as one or two is not like putting it down in any way, shape, or form, because mm-hmm. those are both fantastic movies, mm-hmm. incredibly well done. Uh, it's still in the upper tier of like animated, animated movies. movies. Oh my yeah. god, yeah! Like it's really, really good. Uh, very emotional because it is the final one. Yeah, out of the trilogy, and this is the end of the story. Like, mm. real, like they're not planning on doing more. This is supposed to be it, right? And that's so, that's DreamWorks, right? It is. Yeah, oh. yeah. And these were really well done. I haven't seen the uh the series that was on Netflix. That's just called Dragons. Mm-hmm. which is supposed to be i think it went maybe two seasons within the same world yeah uh just kind of expand on the lore and stuff but i i do want to go back and watch those but i rewatched like i like to do i rewatched one and two before i went and saw hidden world just to kind of like read yeah frame my brain and everything uh and god i'm gonna miss like I'm just going to miss those characters. I love that world. I love the stories they told. Yep. And uh Toothless is one of the best friggin animal characters that they've yeah. created. Yeah, in recent years, so. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'm glad it was good. Yeah, very good. A great kind of send-off right. to everything. They ended in a very satisfying way. And yeah. it's nice to, you know, have a conclusion to things like that. Oh my god, yes. You know, you have movies that will never get their last one yeah. or they mm-hmm. just keep making new ones without so their last one. Insanely so. true. Bittersweet. Uh, my last geek out is one that I can't believe I'm saying. <laughs> Hollywood is finally listening to me. Specifically, well, I know they listen to this podcast. No. <laughs> the nice thing about having a podcast that's run for almost nine years is that I have recorded evidence of things that right? I've said in the past. <laughs> so when I'm like, hey, I've been saying that for years and people go, yeah, right. I'm like, no, you can listen and look it up. Uh, so we have actual evidence. So these are a few things that have been or that are happening or are rumored to be happening that I have been like all up on for so long talking about. Wait, did you say a few things? A few things. I think I think they're listening to us and I think they're stealing your ideas. That's we, we, fine. Need, we need to. Oh, no, we need I, to I think we need money. to have a conversation yeah, with maybe, them and maybe. say, hey, <laughs> uh, but I'm happy just to be getting these things one way or another. First of which, the. Villain for Spider-Man Far From Home Mm -hmm. is Mysterio. Yeah. Like, friggin' finally. I've been saying for years that why, when you have, like, I know they have great villains. Like, next to Batman, Spider-Man probably has the best rogues gallery. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they have a villain who is a special effects expert. Yes. He lends himself to cinematic. Like, he's right there. Literally. Literally. And I was like, why are they not doing Mysterio? Does he look goofy? Sure. But the yeah. MCU doesn't care about that anymore. Right. They can put direct translations of characters on the screen and people buy it now. Mm-hmm. So now we're finally getting Mysterio. And he looks great in the trailer, even with the bubble head. Uh, I can already tell where they're going with the story here, and I'm totally down with it. 
Awesome. I'm very excited for Mysterio on the big screen. And they've had the potential to use him like the whole time, right? Like he's not a conflict oh, yeah, with he's Fox not, or anything. He was not uh, like someone they couldn't touch. Right. I think they were concerned one because he looks goofy. Yeah, it was still it was like too new when the first Spider-Man yeah. come out, and even when like the Amazing Spider-Man like and you know, we to still... like I guess in the Sam Raimi trilogy, mm-hmm. their effects weren't up to par. No, to do someone like Mysterio, but now we're definitely there. Yeah, and we have been for a few years, but I'm glad we're finally getting it. Cool. Yeah. Another one. Uh, and we'll talk about this a little more in the news. If we get to the news today, uh, Ghostbusters three is returning to the original universe. Yeah, I heard they're about doing. That. I yes, I was one of those people that criticized the Ghostbusters reboot. Mm-hmm. I wasn't one of the bad men just being like, oh, it's all women. Blah, blah, blah. I didn't care about that. I cared that they weren't respecting the original universe and even acknowledging it. Right. In doing this new one. Or or they they tried to they tried to play it both ways is what their problem was. They called it a reboot, but then they were still making nods to it. Yeah, and and then they brought in the actors, but had them play different different roles. roles, And I'm like, you can't have it both ways. Make up your mind even. So at first I was mad that they were disrespecting the original universe. Then I was mad that they were trying to milk the original universe to mm-hmm. kind of like get a good PR move on their movie. Yeah. It's just a movie that should not have been made. It wasn't good. Mm-hmm. I tried watching it. It's not funny. Uh, and it has nothing to do with the fact that they're all women, blah, right. blah, blah. But they're going to have uh Jason Reitman, who is the son of Ivan Reitman. Oh yeah. Come in and direct Ghostbusters 3, which will be in the original universe. And we'll go into more details in the news, uh, but that is something I'm excited about and have been saying for a while is what they should do. Wait, there is a second Ghostbusters movie? Yeah. Yeah. So the first one was with the ladies from like Kate McKinnon. Oh, no, no, no. I'm no. talking like he, like Jason Reitman's going back to the original Ghostbusters. No, no, no. But universe. you're saying Ghostbusters 3, right? Yes. Yeah, so this will be Ghostbusters 3, so what ignoring the, first... the reboot. Okay. So it's the original series. So like go- the first oh, Ghostbusters. Yeah. 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 From the oh, okay. 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. okay. Yeah. With I was a, like, yeah. did I miss an entire movie? <laughs> Holy no. shit. That wasn't good enough to get a sequel. Are you kidding me? Okay. <laughs> it's it's, it's kind of like what they're doing with Terminator, where yeah. James Cameron's back and he and wants to ignoring... make uh, Terminator 3 yep. that comes after Judgment Day and exactly. is ignoring all the rest of them. Exactly. Uh, and then the third one here is that the Batman... The Matt Reeves directed and written The Batman mm-hmm. is supposed to be a noir detective movie. Hey, Detective Batman. The and I've been that saying Rob really likes. Yes. And never gets. Yes. Detective Batman is best Batman. <laughs> yeah. The world's greatest. Yes, detective. queen. Yes. <laughs> they need to. What they need to do. And I've been saying this for years is take the budget down. Mm. Batman does not need to have these epic, huge battles that are. They're doing just because it's on a big screen. Right. Like, give me the better story. That's what's yeah. way more important. And Detective Batman is the best story, Batman. All my favorite stories that I think about with Batman that I like the best, mm-hmm. like Long Halloween, uh, are detective stories where he's figuring out, he's solving something, he's discovering who this villain is. Like, I love that stuff, and I want that. And yeah. it looks like that's the direction they're aiming with this one. That's not, I don't think, 100% confirmed. I think mm-hmm. Matt Reeves has talked about that a little bit. I don't know if it's what we'll end up getting, because there's always studio interference and stuff. Right. But if that's the aim, friggin' go for it. There's hope. Yes. Pop quiz, Rob. What does DC stand for? <laughs> uh, in its current <laughs> incarnation? Well, or yeah. originally. Originally. Because you could say, some people say detective comics, some people say direct comics. Oh, okay. I've never heard of direct comics. Oh, okay. Okay. 
Well, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> wow, look at Rob just showing me his Greek. Well, no, nice. I actually, I actually, I was playing. Um, oh, I was playing some like trivia game before, and uh-huh. I asked that question, and I said direct comics, and someone was like, "No, that's incorrect. It's detective comics." And I was like, "Not no, if no you kidding. look up certain information on the internet, like." <laughs> Wow. In some places it says it's direct comics, so I don't know. This hmm. game might actually be incorrect, but uh, yeah. Anyway, moving forward into uh, the other side of things, time Hi. for our freakouts. Oh, freakout! Paulo! My first freakout is a game that a lot of you were waiting for mm-hmm. for a long time, and not everybody is happy with it. Um, Anthem just dropped recently. For those who are not familiar, this is kind of like the you get to be Iron Man in the Tropical Jungle yep, game. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of hype around the game, I think, because of like the gaming conventions that took place. I mean, like E3, it was like the game for like two years running. It's also because of the developer, too. Yeah, yeah, it's something to do with. I mean, it's, I think it's just Bioware. But um, yeah, 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 it's just I mean. It's it's telling when you start playing a game and you're like already tired of it after the first like Oof, three ouch. like two to three hours like so I mean I'm I'm almost done with the story okay and wh- I mean I wasn't expecting a lot from the story I was just I mean you know the the purpose of these games is the grind and so the story is always generally going to be pretty lackluster especially mm-hmm. for the first iteration of the game i mean expansions mm-hmm. could mm-hmm. have better story but you know i mean they set up this universe where like i mean it could be like fantastic there could be a ton of lore but it's kind of like eh like bad things coming robot men go stop like that's basically the yeah. whole game and so like like the the mechanics of the game itself i mean kind of just like your standard everyday third person shooter like not that great, you know. This you have like a super that you build up. That's kind of cool. Like I don't know, could be better. The flying bit of it, which is kind of what everybody was interested in, because the sort of the maps are very expansive, mm-hmm. gets tiresome after maybe like you're know, like I just don't even want to bother going from here to there. Like or- I mean, they do make like flying feel fast, okay? okay. Because you are able to tra- to traverse like a big distance in a short period of time so they make they make the feeling of flying actually worth it okay however i mean you can't just build a game around flying in this universe and then have that be your big draw mm. i mean you have to that's inno- how you get superman 64 right <laughs> yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly that. oh my god so you have to like innovate the game somehow instead of just building the next third person shooter like okay. this just mm-hmm. To be honest, it felt kind of like the division, but with an Iron Man suit, which okay. is kind of not great. I mean, this is a looter shooter, so like you know, there is a there is a grind aspect to it, and I haven't really gotten to it. And you know, I I personally enjoy that kind of game, you know, but I've heard that a lot of people have fatigue, and I kind of do have fatigue at this point, where I'm like, I could be playing this game, but I could also be watching something on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, four to five times during the week, I just elect to watch something real quick and go yeah. to bed, which Ouch. sucks because like I just got this game. And right. this is from a Destiny fan. So, yeah, yeah I am super into repetitive shit. <laughs> right. And like the repetitiveness of this game is already tiresome. So it's like it is kind of a bummer. I do hope that they, you know, build on the game somehow with like patches or expansions. But I mean, I saw the perfect meme today. It was just like. 
um, it was a meme of a a Trojan horse mm-hmm. where they were like one like the door was like a hopes and dreams of uh, Anthem fans. And then the, the horse was Anthem. And then inside the horse was Bioware, like, like Bioware uh, microtransactions. Oh no. It's like, yeah, that's definitely what's going on here. So like, you know, like, I mean, I hope it doesn't get to that point where like the game just is not fun at all, unless you pay for shit. Yeah. I mean, I think, in the years that we have recorded this podcast, it is well documented that nobody really likes to pay for additional game content, mm-hmm. especially right. when, you know, maybe six months from now, I might just get a like collector's edition game sure. that has yep. the shit in it. Yep. So yeah, I'm kind of bummed out about that to be honest. Cause like, I mean, I was, I had high hope. Like, I mean, Anthem was so hyped for so long. Right. It was even delayed for a year because they were still putting it together. Yeah. So you thought, oh, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to get to do all this cool shit and the game will be fun. And like, it just is kind of not. So now, does, that this, is a does this game have like a, like an online co op mode at all? Or yeah. It- so like, there, like, after you finish the story, mm-hmm. um, you, there is like a co op mode where you can play with other people and you can go into dungeons like dungeons. I think they're called something else, but yeah. you can go into dungeons and then, you know, you shoot and loot. Mm-hmm. Right. But one thing that I did see in a couple of the reviews about the dungeons is that it is very gear dependent. So oh. like if you go into like a high difficulty dungeon, mm-hmm. like you can get one shot basically by anything in that dungeon. I see. Which is horrible because like, even if you grind, to get the proper gear like if you're just getting one shot every time you get hit you're basically just making like a game where like the achievement is the game itself like the, the yeah. perfect no hit achievement yeah, is somehow like, like that's dumb like nobody's gonna have fun doing that i mean there's gonna be a very small percentage of people who have fun doing it but right. you know everybody else is just gonna be like well fuck it i'm not gonna play the hard difficulty then mm-hmm. which is stupid because why did you put all that time into building the hard difficulty in the first place I don't want to get into it. I'm just upset. Like, I mean, you pay $60 for a game nowadays and like you get maybe $20 worth of game. Yeah. You pay $60 to get the privilege to give them more money so you can play more games. Yeah. And it's just like it, it just, this is exactly what it is. And I hate that, you know, you hype up a game for two years, everybody's excited for it. And then it just kind of tanks the first like two weeks it's out yeah it tanks and instead everyone goes and plays apex which is also published by ea <laughs> exactly which doesn't cost any money and it's hilarious that they've essentially shot this game in the foot yeah yeah like it's funny that apex which is just a clone of Fortnite with different skins uh, uh it- no i mean it's a battle royal game that's yes. probably the only thing it has in common though right apex is okay. it, i've been told that it handles a lot like halo Right. Oh, it's a first-person shooter. That's right. Yeah, it's a first-person shooter. It handles a lot like Halo. Halo. There's no building mechanic. Mm-hmm. You do have like ultimate abilities, mm-hmm. so there's a little bit of like Overwatchy type mm-hmm. stuff in there's there. There's character classes that have slightly. Different I'm actually. Stats. Inter- I haven't played it yet, but I've downloaded it. Yet. I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about Apex. Yeah, I I'll just, try it. I hate toxicity of multiplayer games, mm-hmm. so I'm always very wary to get involved. Yeah. Right. You don't want somebody calling you a racial slur. Yeah. And be like, I'm gonna go. Mm. and they don't have like reporting tools or anything yet so yeah yeah. like overwatch has enough stuff in place as long as i stay out of the competitive games it's Mm -hmm. been pretty good yeah uh so i'm fine with that that's cool right and the other thing with with apex is that it feels like it's more replacing PUBG Mm -hmm. than it is with like Fortnite because it's got you know a slightly more gritty realistic look to it kind of like um 
It's kind of like Borderlands. Like, yeah, it's kind of like Border. Like from what I've seen, it's like Borderlands or like Fortnite's for the kids, Paul. <laughs> yeah, okay. Apex is for us grown folk. <laughs> for us grown folk. Okay. <laughs> That's right. For- Fortnite's the anime, and Apex is the manga. Mm. <laughs> ah, now you're speaking Paul's language. Mm. Uh, I'm very excited about your next freak out, though, Paul, because I I feel like I'm on board with you on this one. My second freak out is that the Oscars are fucking stupid. Yes, they are. Like. Oh. <laughs> oh my god like i just like, every time this time of year comes around like and i see stuff about the oscars like it just blows my mind that like there is an entire industry who has an award season an entire season of award giving to circle jerk that mm-hmm. that we <laughs> as the general public are sort of like pressured into giving a fuck about yeah it is terrible like i i understand like that the awards season can be used to recognize diversity in a in an industry where diversity is just like an afterthought. Mm-hmm. So I I appreciate that. However, like just imagine if you were thinking about it for your particular industry. I just in my mind, if like for some reason all the lawyers got together and were like, "We're going to have a public award season, guys." We're going to have three months where we're just going to jerk each other off. You're the best lawyer. You're the best lawyer Northeast. You're the best lawyer South. You're best 30 under 30 lawyer. Like, yeah. are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> nobody would care. And if we threw it up on TV, everybody would just be mad. Like, that's exactly what the Oscars are starting to feel like. Like, I feel like maybe some of it has to do with, you know, having it not be a recognition of the only path towards success now Mm -hmm. in media. Mm -hmm. Like you can take many different paths and you can get to a point where you're successful and, you know, recognition from the Oscars is not like a huge deal. But at the same time, like they fuck it up so consistently. They do. It's like, why are we still doing this? I haven't watched the Oscars in years. And you the, the thing that drives me the craziest about the Oscars. And there's a bunch of things we could go specifically into about this year, even though I didn't watch it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I still know stuff, but, the fact that the entertainment industry can make such a boring fucking show. Yeah, yeah. It's like mind boggling. Yeah. Your profession is entertainment. Yes. And yet the thing that you make to recognize entertainment is so goddamn boring. It's hot garbage. <laughs> like I just it's just so it's so infuriating to yeah. me that like I am somehow like whether it be social pressure or whether it be like just the the pressure to like know what's going on like just to have mm-hmm. conversations or small talk with mm-hmm. people like okay so i put this down in the show notes but like the one of the reasons i thought this year's oscars were stupid because uh green book won for best picture you're right? not the only okay. one who thinks that paul yeah <laughs> evidently i am not because it was like all over my feed for like i mean at least two or three days mm-hmm. but like it's so ridiculous that like they were like okay we are going to try and identify or we're going to try to recognize diversity in uh-huh. film, black actors, actors of color. We're going to recognize their work and do all this and blah, de, blah. And like they get to like where they, the point where they recognize Spike Lee for Black Klansman. Mm-hmm. Great. He's been deserving an Oscar for the longest time. You, like it, that's awesome. And then they get to like the, the ultimate award of the night, the best picture, and they give it to a movie that's about one of probably the best african-american musicians composers of like the last two centuries Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And the movie is 90% about this like racist Italian New York guy who drives this guy around the South. And we're supposed to be convinced that his story is more compelling than the guy in the backseat. Like, right. Why did you give the award to that movie? Like it just, there are a lot of questions about. This. So I saw green book uh-huh. uh, in theaters. Fortunately, I didn't have to pay for it. It was just like a screening thing. And I, I came out of it going, that was good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, that's going to be up for best picture. Yeah. Not because I thought it deserved it. All right. Because it's Oscar bait. That yeah. was an Oscar yeah. bait movie. You can tell a movie's going to be like, that's the problem with the Academy is a lot of the times you can tell what they're going to choose just based on past performance. Mm-hmm. And there were some questions or there were some decisions they had this year that I thought were questionable. Like the fact that Black Panther was nominated for best picture mm-hmm. screamed to me, not diversity necessarily, but hey, we're a bunch of white guys who's throwing. We're just throwing a, a movie with predominantly black people in it just because and superhero movies are real popular right now so maybe right. people watch the show if we do that yeah but it's like here's the problem deck, yeah. and i have no problem with that whatsoever the problem is you nominated a superhero movie yeah because of the black lead and everything right right where it wasn't even the best superhero movie from marvel with a black lead this year mm-hmm. into the spider-verse was right and yes into the spider-verse one animated movie and it mm-hmm. should have yes but, but why wasn't Into the Spider-Verse like that's still that's still another thing that they haven't gotten over is the fact that an animated movie can be better and more powerful than a live action movie. Why can't they get over that? Hump? Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. They still call animated movies like kids movies. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. But like, that's such a specific thing. Like we had a better Marvel movie with a black lead in the same year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Like. Black Panther is a great movie. It is. It is not even close to the best superhero movie that we've had mm-hmm. ever. Right. Like Infinity War came out this year. That was a better superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. Like, it's just I like just something about it. Like, I, I mean, even if, you know, like they changed the Academy to where they weren't as tone deaf about receiving criticism and then interpreting it in a way that people would be able to digest Mm -hmm. it, which clearly they did not do this year because they are like, just, I don't know what's going on, but like, even if they did change that, like the idea to me of giving awards to only commercially successful or commercially recognized media, Mm -hmm. like it just feels old fashioned and like antiquated. Like we don't need it anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, like, the more that I try to like expand my like view of media, just like by whether it be like exploring new media types or watching new shows, like it just feels to me like at this point, like these award shows are just so previous generation. Mm. Like we don't yeah. need them anymore. Or we can double down and bring back the Geek Gen Awards. There we go. <laughs> But that's like not a dumb award. Like that's content. Like we we give an explanation or we inject humor into the well, award. Well, yeah, I mean that's not about right. the award. It's yeah. about it's about hearing what it's people chose them and then telling them why they're wrong. Yeah. And yeah. we're not taking ourselves deathly seriously. No, 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 we're not. And the other thing too is that we're not like, you know, this close-knit group of critics. Like we we also take into account like you know the public perception of a lot of these films, which a lot they're of times the ones the that nominate and vote. Right, we they just tell them if they're right or not. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, so that's like my freak out. Like, yeah. I just no, I like, get it. I'm just so tired of it. Like, I'm, I feel like it's being forced upon me to give a fuck about it. And like, I'm just like, this is so dumb. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I am a grown adult. I am able to make my own decisions as to what I feel is, you know, noteworthy and what is not, what mm-hmm. is worth my time and what is not. And so, like, I'm not going to go out of my way to like watch a movie just because it won an award. Although I did make time to watch Into the Spider-Verse because it did win. <laughs> but I knew it was going to be a good movie anyway. And you like, would have watched it anyway. Yeah, right? it was just a, a kick in the pants to know that, oh, yeah. wow, it really is that great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you so. probably had friends that like recommended it to you. You weren't necessarily going based off of some. You yeah, know, like a lot of people critic. were like, yeah, this movie is amazing. Why haven't you watched it yet? I thought you were a geek. And I'm like. Listen, Aww, you now asshole. you got geek shame. Yeah, I get, you got tech shame. Damn, I get fucking shamed repeatedly. Like I'm just a, I'm just a father trying to raise my kids, and people are like, "Why don't you spend money on yourself? Shame. Why don't you take time shame. for yourself?" It's like, listen, I have these two leeches that take all of my time, <laughs> energy, and love, and I am just trying to raise them right so that they become just like people who are worth. Being related to. I just want to make sure they don't watch the Oscars, right? <laughs> I just want to make sure they're quality people. And if that means not owning AirPods and like not watching movies when they come out, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, it's I, fine. We'll take care of you, Paul. Thank yeah, you. we love you, Paul. Thank you. You're safe here. We'll protect you. It's a safe space. Yeah. <laughs> Damien. Oh, geez. All right. So, yeah, my, my big freak out is that I've come to battle with one of the worst things any gamer could come into and that's symptoms of uh, carpal tunnel oh no mm. yeah it is it's mainly because of the you know the kind of work that i do i i work in a laboratory i my field you know i use a lot of microscopes lately for some of my job responsibilities and you know 8 hours on a microscope where you're you know you're using your hands constantly to move the slide around and typing on the computer to put in results after doing that for eight hours a day and then you go home and you you know play some video games well after a couple weeks of doing that in a row i really started to feel it tingly feeling you know achy wrists a little bit of like that popping feeling and i'm like oh no oh no and that's that, that was like that 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 realization of you know you're not invincible and you really need to take care of yourself really sunk into me i'm like Man, I'm only okay. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm gonna do the age thing again, and you like guys, and Paul and I look at each eyes. other. People know, can't see I us. Know, I know. <laughs> We're like, listen here, youngster. I know, I know. See, my back's gonna hurt, and I'm gonna have to deal with all this other stuff. But you ever woke up in the morning and have your body sound like Rice Krispie treats? <laughs> I walk upstairs, and it sounds like fucking bubble wrap is popping in my knees. <laughs> well. When I when I get to be as old as you, Paul, maybe maybe, maybe but and now pray. age shaming, Jesus Christ, no more safe space. <laughs> you old piece of shit. <laughs> oh man. But in any case, yeah, I had to like take time off from gaming, like as a whole. Like I went like two weeks without playing anything. You know, no Overwatch, no console games. Yeah. Couldn't even really. I didn't even feel good like holding a controller. I was like, man. I missed out on like half of the Lunar New Year event for Overwatch. You know, it's so so sad. In any case, you know, I'm doing better now. You know, I've been wearing a, a brace at night for my wrists. It's gotten manageable now. And so it's just something that I need to be aware of. But man, that was, that's something I did yeah. not look forward to. Yeah. So uh, my other freak out is when did PayPal start requiring so much information to like, not not so much when you're using like your card, but like when to to actually put funds on your account and like, you know, send it to other people or like receive money from other people. 
Do they? Like originally, I don't think they ever really did. But like, like I, what were they looking? Because I, I mean, I use PayPal on the regular. Right. I was getting a uh, like a, a refund or something from something that I bought, and they were just like, "Yeah, we can just send it to your PayPal." I was like, "Okay, sure." And they were like, when I went to claim it on PayPal, it was like, "Well, we need to verify your address and your identity." And I was like, "Okay, whatever. I'll just type in my address." And like, no, we need a photo ID. And then they were like, and we need like something with your social security. And I'm like, hold up. No way. Oh, yeah. You're not getting a, you know, a scan of my license and like a copy of my W-2 or any of that. Like, you're not a bank. You're not FDIC insured. I'm sure there's some federal regulations that you, Mm -hmm. you know, have to deal with. But I don't want to put that kind of information out there on. I don't remember if I've already done that. I may have. I don't know. And that's the other thing, too, is that like I'm not using it as like a business account. It's just like a personal account. Oh, see, I have a business account. Right. So. My mine was just like like a thirty or forty dollar refund, like a one time thing, and like I don't use my PayPal that often. Yeah. And like I never linked it to to anything back in the day, but like now it must be it must be relatively new that they want all this information. I'm I'm sure they have their reason is you know to like track you know money laundering or whatever, but it's like a one time thing. Like let a brother get his money. Yeah, yeah. I think I know why, and I'm gonna get real inside tax. <laughs> All right. <laughs> For about one minute here. Hit me. Hit me. I, I think I know why. Teach me, Uncle Paul. So the reason why PayPal might require like your social security number and like a lot of that personal information mm-hmm. is that if you put money through PayPal, PayPal is what is considered as like a third party service organization. So like they can issue a 1099 to you right. uh, for funds. And so yep, like I get one rather yeah. than like asking you if once you reach the threshold, they probably just ask you from this from the jump and be like, hey, we need your personal information because if you should accumulate in enough transactions or if you should meet the the threshold for reporting to the IRS, then you might have to, uh, or we we will issue a 1099 to you. And so, yeah. I mean, and in Massachusetts, it might be that you're in Massachusetts as well, because our threshold is much smaller much mm, lower, than the rest okay. of the country. Yeah. Right. Ours is $600, I think, now, yeah. mm-hmm. as opposed to the rest of the country, which is like 200 transactions and $20,000. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and ours is six hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah it's, and there's a good reason for that because like the threshold is so high that there is a huge tax gap. So yeah, states just try to take advantage of that. Wow, I just got super, super tax long. nerdy. Yeah, I don't give tax advice. By the way, do not fucking message <laughs> me. And be like, hey Paul, what do I do with my ten forty? Well, try to claim my depends. Like, I don't do that kind of tax. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's just a pain in the neck, because, like, Venmo, I haven't had any problems with that, or, yeah. like, the Square app, I haven't had any issues with that, yeah. and it's just like, oh, all right, well, I think that money's just going to sit there for a little while until I either get over it or <laughs> whatever. But, yeah, that's it for me. All right. Uh, I have a few. First one is, I don't know if anyone else is up to date with, like, Flash and Super God. I'm a little behind on the, since the crossover event. But I got caught up in everything just to watch the crossover event because I felt like I'd be missing out things if I didn't. Uh, the crossover event was disappointing this year. Oh, really? It was disappointing, especially considering that last year's was so good. They hyped up a lot of different things. Um, they hyped up the first appearance of Batwoman. Okay. Who was maybe in it for five minutes. Oh, great. Like, barely felt like she was in it, but it was apparently enough to get her a spinoff show. Is this Ruby Rose? It is. Okay. Uh, really she was strange. terrible. Um, really? Yeah, she was bad. It was not no. a good performance. I know. I was disappointed. Uh, it was just very like I don't know. I mean, I saw her for five minutes. What was she gonna do? Right? <laughs> like, like it's not even necessarily her fault. 
Like, there's barely anything to do there. Uh, there were a lot of weird logic leaps throughout the whole thing because they were doing Elseworlds and stuff and mm-hmm. shifting things around constantly. And it was like, what am I even watching right now? It was just kind of a big cluster. How long so, was it? Uh, it was three episodes long. Three episodes. So, yeah, it was uh, it was Flash, Arrow, and Supergirl this year. Legends of Tomorrow was not a part of it. Okay. And there's no way they would have been able to fit them in. Mm. Uh, so probably better to have left them out but it just i don't know it was just kind of very underwhelming yeah. overall and just didn't really dig it and that kind of runs contrary to everything that they've released in the past from the cw like dc universe yeah. right because yeah. it's all been pretty good so yeah the far. crossover stuff's been great and last year's crossover run was so good mm-hmm. uh but then at the end they weirdly did the thing too where they teased next year's crossover event like what? already no. they're doing crisis on infinite earths weird like the biggest storyline yeah. in DC Comics history mm-hmm. is Crisis on Infinite Earths. What they've, what they've, they've kind of teased it a little bit from the beginning okay. on Flash because there was a newspaper headline that mm-hmm. had uh, the Flash disappears, Barry yeah. Allen disappears. And that's something that happens in Crisis on Infinite Earths. That's when Barry Allen died oh, okay. in the DC before they brought him back because, mm-hmm. you know, comic books. No one ever really dies. No, but he was gone for a long time when Wally West had his kind of run. Yeah. In the comics, his run. That, that wasn't a pun, but it, hey, nice it could one. have been. It totally could have been. I should have leaned into it. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised they're tackling something that massive. They must be really yeah. trying to push like the viewership into the rest of the next seasons to lead into that crossover event. And there's other stuff like coming down the road, like the, the Batwoman series is potentially happening. Mm-hmm. There's talk right now of a Constantine series with Matt Ryan returning as Constantine. Yeah. Like it didn't work on NBC. But right. he's been on, he's been playing Constantine. Uh, he did a animated thing for the CW Seed that they made into an animated movie. Okay. And then he's been playing on Legends of Tomorrow as Constantine. Like, this guy's still Constantine, even though they canceled his show years right. ago. And I'm glad, because he's freaking perfect for it. Mm-hmm. And there, there's talk now of him getting another series without saying necessarily where that home would be. But it would most likely be CW. CW. Even though I think they should do something adult-oriented with Constantine. Right. Just because that's... It lends itself to that way more, the subject matter. Anyway, uh, Elseworlds was not... It was okay. It was fine. It mm-hmm. wasn't great. So it was just disappointing when you have your hype up. Your mm-hmm. hype meters are up there, and they just yeah. didn't deliver the way you wanted to. And all that work that you did to get there. Yeah, I know. I got up on all the things. Yeah. Uh, my next freak out is a podcast that I tried listening to, and I just couldn't get into it. Mm-hmm. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Mm. Has anyone else listened? I, I listened, listened to, to one it. episode just for you. Did you? It's the one with uh, Pete Holmes. Yes. And I was like, well, if I'm going to pick one to listen in preparation. For this, That's I'm the first well one I one. listened to, too. And it's the first one that made me mad. Mm. Uh, I know Pete Holmes is close with Conan, friendly wise. Like it was the reason Pete Holmes got his late night show yeah. following Conan was a result of Conan. Right. For one, I get that podcasts need ads. Mm-hmm. If people wanted to do ads here, I would do them. Right. But. The Conan O'Brien show is what, like 35, 45 minutes of content of you know, the whole thing. Uh, the whole thing. Is it an hour? Roughly. It, it is an hour. OK. Roughly, yeah. Maybe 20 minutes of that is ads. It, it's bad. Yeah. Like it's he really doesn't bad. just do an ad read either. He makes I understand what he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. He's trying to make it fun. Right. But there's like a whole intro and explanation of the ad section. They do like a bit during they the try ad. to do a bit that it's like, I just want to get back to the conversation. You stop the conversation to do this. Right. Just do the read and let me go. Yeah. An ad should be like a band aid. You should be able to rip it off real yes, quick. Make Instead, it they quick. draw it and out. And it's like a three minute thing. Mm hmm. 
It's like a segment yeah. instead of an advertisement. It's too much. Also, during the Pete Holmes, and I did listen to a few episodes just to make sure it wasn't this mm-hmm. one instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the Pete Holmes episode, it was like 20 minutes into it. Yeah. And I heard them make a comment like, oh, we're 45 minutes in already. And I'm like, who edits Pete Holmes on a podcast? Right. <laughs> he's one of the best podcasters ever. Mm-hmm. Like, he's so fascinating to listen to. He's endlessly entertaining. Yep. Who's cutting 25 minutes of Pete Holmes material? Right. Just leave it in there. Yeah. You're doing us a service and making less work for yourself if you just leave it in there. Mm-hmm. So what else are they cutting out? Like, it's definitely a heavily produced and edited show. Yeah. And I feel like I'm getting snippets of a conversation instead of a full conversation. It's actually really funny because in the mid- in that episode itself, Pete Holmes himself says something along the lines of who said that an- a podcast needs to be an hour. Yes. Like. Almost, he almost like that. he was yeah. like encouraging it to go longer. Exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, his podcasts are like two and a half to three hours long each mm-hmm. episode. So, right. Yeah. Like I, I've noticed that a lot, like in other podcasts too, where like they don't do necessarily like your traditional ad read, but then they try to make the ad a conversation that I, I don't know if they're trying to, but you know, like blend seamlessly in with the rest of the podcast. Yeah. Especially if it's like a very conversational sort of format. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, like, I mean, I've only seen it done well once. And this is like a sports podcast that I listened to. And they made a series of podcasts where they talked about this erectile dysfunction drug. Okay. Like, if you're not familiar, then there's like a whole, like, now that Viagra and I think Cialis, the formulas are now like, Generic, generic, like there are generic equivalents available. Okay, yep. like a lot of these companies have sprouted up. Yeah, because I want generic. Uh, sprouted drugs. up, yeah. <laughs> sprouted up or All erected, right. if you will. Um, but yeah, so like they they made like a series of segments on their podcast about this ED drug, and like they they talked about their own user experiences. Like they have other people talk about mm-hmm. the user experiences, and like it just it goes with the theme of the podcast, which is like sports boys bros like you know like single dudes like sleeping with girls like you know like that that whole theme yeah Mm -hmm. it works with the podcast sure right and so it's like it it sort of blends seamlessly although it does still feel like an ad with that being said i mean i don't know if i need an ad about squarespace like talked about on like a like a podcast that i'm listening to for a particular reason yeah Mm -hmm. Especially if it's not even website related, like it's like what? Right? What are you trying to do? Just read the copy and get on with it. Yeah, like, you know. I mean, I'm I get it. We've done ad reads on yeah. the show before. It's mostly for our own stuff. Uh-huh. Right. But I I take the kind of radio approach. At least what Stern does. And Stern doesn't need to do this because mm-hmm. he's not a podcast. He's not on demand. You listen to it live. But I like knowing when I'm listening to an ad. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I like that being a very clear separation. So anytime we've done an ad read, I put music under it. So mm-hmm. that one, people know we're doing an ad right now. This is not just like us talking. This mm-hmm. is actually an ad. And if somebody wants to skip past it, right, go till the music's gone. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then you're back. And usually you keep it something concise, like, you know, 15 seconds, 30 I seconds. Try to. Or something I try to. at least markable, like a minute. I no. mean, that's that's one thing because you, you're now dealing with money where people are buying like a 30 second ad spot. And if yeah. someone bought a 30 right. second ad spot, I'd do a 30 second ad. But I would just do the ad and then get out of the ad. Right. Right. Instead of drawing it out like Conan did and made it like, you know, three minutes and, you know, 21 seconds. And And then and, you know, it's just because of the person, the network he's on. Right. 
like is just tying up the space inside of his show to make sure that it's worth his time to do it. Mm-hmm. Like I like Conan. That's the biggest frustration with right. it. I want to hear a Conan O'Brien podcast. Mm-hmm. It's not the show I want because yeah. it's just too heavily produced. I want raw Conan having these conversations. Like I would get into it and then be pulled out of it immediately. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing too is that with the show is like I didn't even really get it. It's like, you know, a conversation, a fun conversation and like, you know, they're going back and forth and it, it seemed like there didn't really feel like the the objective of like Conan didn't, you know, have, you know, like that childhood or whatever, you know, needed friends or whatever. Yeah. It just felt like that there was just like a I mean, it's a framing device. It's a framing device. But yeah. I feel like it didn't really fit in that frame. Like, no. I feel like they were just kind of having a conversation. Oh, yeah, yeah. They don't have a conversation necessarily That's about just, that. They just right. end it with saying, oh, so based on your conversation with Conan, would you consider like being friends with him? Right. And it's a funny way to frame it and present the show that way because it gives you an angle. Yeah. But it's not definitely what the content is based on. Right. But like I felt I was going in expecting more talks about like maybe like hobbies or like oh, achievements. Okay. See like, you know, what do we have in common or like anything like that. But it, it just was more of like a hangout session. Yeah, yeah. Which I Which appreciate. Is, it's fine. It's it fine, still yeah. makes for a good show. It just, I didn't get it right away. So yeah, um, it maybe, I mean, it's early. The yeah. podcast is still really new. So maybe they'll, they're will they still finding their footing. Who knows? I'll check in uh, probably like next year or something. And then uh, come back to it. Uh, my last freak out is Screaming Sicilian Pizza. Has anyone else tried this? No. <laughs> weren't you like a racial slur? I know. <laughs> just does, like right? a quick second. I'm like, dude. <laughs> What? Look, it's been a rough episode. Let's talk about Black, <laughs> let's talk about Black Panther again, right? okay? <laughs> um, Screaming Sicilian uh, is a pizza that I have lauded and celebrated in the past yeah. because it is my preferred frozen grocery store pizza. Oh, have we had this at like your barbecue? Yes. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Remember that pizza we had that yes. had like the thick slices of pepperoni, mm-hmm. yes, 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 yes. and it was like crazy good yes yeah it sucks now i'm absolutely shocked that it's in your freak outs what's happening so there's been there's been changes and iterations of the pizza clearly they've either needed to cut costs or Mm -hmm. they've gotten to successful and they're like oh where can we cut costs now that we have a fan base my favorite of their pizzas was the holy pepperoni pizza because it it was unique in the sense that there weren't these like dinky thin slices of pepperoni all over Mm -hmm. the pizza like most places do yeah like there were these thick fat pieces of pepperoni and it wasn't like necessarily a full circle okay like they would cut them in half or quarters or something and they'd be all over the place and it was a very like spicy not spicy as in like spice spice but like flavorful flavorful yeah. like really good, good pepperoni, pepperoni. yeah mm-hmm. oh man and you would really like bite into it and then the sauce is good. like everything about the pizza was really really good yeah so I remember it, was, it being good it was my go-to and yeah. they had another one. Uh, they have another one that's called like Betsy's Revenge or some, or Bessie's Revenge. Okay. That is uh, their cheese pizza mm-hmm. that has fresh mozzarella Ooh. all over there. So it has regular like cheese, but then they take like the fresh mozz balls and they kind of put that all oh, over nice. and it melts yeah. down. It's really good. Nice. But so they, the second version of the pizza, they uh, they start doing something different. Instead of giving us the, the slices, like the thick slices, okay. they now like diced that up so that they're oh. in like little cubes. Yeah, okay. that's kind of like what the other cheap frozen yeah. pizzas do. And it was a combination of like thinner regular pepperoni that we're used to from the other frozen pizzas. Oh, man. And then like these diced things, I think, to kind of like, mm. I don't know if they were weaning us or yeah, right? if they were like, okay, let's see yeah. if we can get a healthy mixture of these two. Mm-hmm. So we're not losing like all of our flavor that makes us popular, but we're still saving some money. Yeah. And I was okay. I was fine. Like, I didn't even notice it. Okay. Really. And then all of a sudden the third version came out. Oh, no. Which is just regular flat pepperoni. 
like that that pepperoni that I love so much is yeah. just gone. Oh wow! The, I mean, I give them credit that they do. They cover the entire like top of it with pepperoni. Okay. So don't get me wrong; it's still like a ridiculous amount compared to most pizzas. But mm. that's not what I bought into originally. They've changed the formula so much that I like I can't endorse them based on because their cost remains the same. Right. And they were always a little bit more. Than some of the others, like they were seven dollars, like on sale. Sometimes, mm-hmm. usually they're like an eight dollar pizza. Right, but you were willing to pay more because. But I was like, it's so good that like I usually only bought it when it was on sale. But I was like, oh, I'm gonna treat myself. Yeah, like yeah. like this is good pizza. I love this. Mm-hmm. And the last one I bought was this new third version of the pizza, and I was like, I'm off the train. Wow, like it's not worth the price difference anymore. I'll I'll go back to DiGiorno. That's disappointing. It's very disappointing. Yeah, that's that's definitely something that. Like you can like the the difference in your experience is going to be so noticeable that it can throw you out because especially with like pepperoni, mm-hmm. like if you have that thicker pepperoni, that unctuous sort of like you have to bite into it. Yes. Like that mouthfeel and the flavor that comes out of it. It's mm-hmm. like anything less than that, especially if that was your experience before with a product, like everything else is just going to be like. Uh, why are you doing this? Yeah. Like yeah. I've had thin, thin pepperoni pizza, not thin pizza, but thin pepperoni sure. on a pizza that mm-hmm. was actually good. It because, can be, like, sure. If right. You, if you cook it the right way, then like, you know, some of the pepperoni gets a little crispy. Yeah. So it's like very brittle. And then you get that real salt punch, but you then get a like, nice some of texture it, difference throughout. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's great. But like in terms of like, it just sounds like in this case, like the company did a poor job of like managing expectations yep. where like, we're going to give you the good stuff up front and then slowly take that away from you. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of like, it's I had a like, moment too, where I had to make sure I wasn't crazy. Uh-huh. And I like looked on the internet and be like, this was a pizza that I loved before. Right. Like <laughs> this happened? isn't, this, this isn't the way it always was. <laughs> yeah. And I had to like check and I, I wasn't the only one. I didn't find a ton of info on it. Cause I don't think it's like this major brand that uh-huh. everybody knows about, but, okay. but it was enough. I did find some, things online and like i looked up a youtube review video that uh, someone did on the first version i was like that's the one i want yeah <laughs> now i can see i remember i remember you right where'd Bring you go back. i can see i can see a montage of this but like uh like soundtracked with adele's hello oh, <laughs> like uh, it's like all blue tinted and rob's just like Standing at the door of an oven, it's like, hello, yeah. it's me. Guys, this is what my life has become. Right? I'm looking up YouTube videos to make sure I'm not insane <laughs> and my memory isn't busted. Uh, yeah, that's where we've gone now. But that's my last freak out. Uh, it's a bummer, but uh, I'll, I'll live and I'll buy like Domino's or DiGiorno or something. If you'd like to help support the Geek Generation, Random Movie Club, and everything else we do, the best way to do that is to become a backer on Patreon. There are all sorts of perks for doing so, like merch discounts, access to podcast listening parties, and monthly bonus podcast episodes. Become a backer and join the generation by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash support. Hi, this is Yuri Lowenthal, otherwise known as Ben Tennyson, Ben 10 Alien Force, and Ben 10 Omniverse, and I've just saved the universe like a million times. You're listening to Geek Generation. Uh, Reviews. Reviews. We got a couple of reviews to do. Uh, Damien, what are you talking about? So, yeah, it's been a while since we've been back here, but back in December, we got the new Super Smash Brothers game that came out for the Switch, uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. I've played it quite a few times, both casually with friends and, like, 
Uh, I've even gone to a couple of com- competitive events with my brother, and I am very impressed with what they've done with it. It doesn't feel like a like a catastrophically different game from the previous, mm-hmm. and yet they've done so much to add in a lot of the little details and nuances that really makes it feel like Smash Brothers like ultimate. They went in and they brought back all of the old characters that have been anywhere in the Super Smash Brothers series, and they're in the game unlockable up front. They're not none of them are hidden behind mm-hmm. DLC. Wow. None of them have been like excluded. They're all there and you know. In the game, you have everybody listen to this. <laughs> you hear that, game developers? You hear that, brother? Right? This is what we want. And, you know, they changed up, you know, a couple of the fighting mechanics. You know, it feels a little bit different, like a different, slightly different physics, um, but nothing that's like huge. So it feels like, you know, they've they found their footing. They found a formula that they're, you know, they're staying with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they just add on little things here and there. You know, the, the graphics look great for the Switch. You know, it's nothing that's in like 4K or anything, but it's they do a really good job in the designs of each character. They're, they're highly detailed. You know, the, you have elements from various different games throughout those characters' timelines. Yep, yep. Not only are all the uh, characters back, all of the stages from all the previous games are back. So a lot of these classic ones we're seeing, you know, in HD that have been, you know, remastered. Um, we're, we've got, you know, all the, the old items and stuff that are back. And they've even added in, you know, newer features. They allow you now to, like, save custom rule sets so you can have, like, tournament rule sets by default from right off the bat. Nice. They've changed it up so that you choose your stage before your characters, which is, you know, more tournament friendly, which is great. So it shows that there is a little bit of Nintendo embracing their tournament scene with this. They've also been, you know, more both more proactive and more transparent with their uh, their patches. Like, you know, the game is already on like, you know, like patch like 2.0 or whatever, mm-hmm. where and I mean, like revision titles are arbitrary, but like, you know, the first game was only, you know, on like 1.1 something something. And like they never give out patch notes now. Now that they're now they're giving out patch notes, nice. which is great. Um, I like me some patch notes. Right. And and like <laughs> I the, do. I read like yeah. all the Overwatch ones. <laughs> same. Same. And like, it's great to see that, you know, they're coming with frequency, even though they're you know, they haven't even released like the DLC yet. Um, so, you know, there's going to be, you know, consistent balancing, you know, what we can hope for anyways going forward, yeah, yeah. which is going to be awesome. And then my other, like my, my favorite thing from any sort of like crossover game or anniversary game is music. Mm. And the amount of music that's in this game is absolutely astounding. There's like, I think it's something like a thousand songs. Really? That like, that's crazy. It's absolutely bananas. You have remixes, you have orchestrated versions, you have like awesome medleys and remixes you know stuff that have been in bringing back a lot of the favorite ones from can older you games. choose a track when you're choosing a level and everything yes that's and cool. you couldn't do that before that's super cool in the previous game you could always set like you know like a percentage of hit my hype song play. oh my god yeah <laughs> but yeah you can select the song as you select the stage and then go for it and it's 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 like the smash brothers kind of coming together that a lot of people have like wanted and like all those like little details are like those really nice touches on top. So ultimate actually means ultimate, yeah. unlike Marvel vs. Capcom Ultimate, right? Mm-hmm. Or yeah. Infinite? No, that was Infinite. Infinite. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my yeah. joke doesn't work anymore. <laughs> Damn it! Memory. I gotta look up a YouTube video and see what the name of Marvel vs. Capcom was. It's okay. I didn't know what DC Comics was. I think <laughs> I think we're all gonna have our moments. The only really like shortcoming from it is that it doesn't really have a a very like super compelling adventure mode story mode okay. that a lot of people kind of thought was going to happen with some of the early trailers that we got. 
it's really more of just a like an adventure mode with predetermined like matches um, and with, you know, a roster pool that slowly expands and changes over time. It's not that it's bad, but like we had full cinematics back in like Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Mm. And, like I, I'm sure a lot of people wanted that back. But overall, it's 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 a really good entry into the series. Cool. And it's 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 fun. I know it's replacing Melee in the Evo 2019. It is. Yeah. And it's, it's very interesting to see because like. It 100% just like, you know, absolutely over overlapped and eclipsed what Smash for Wii U was. Mm -hmm. But Melee was, you know, it's it had hung on for all this time. And now we're, we're really seeing like the real test of Melee to see if the game is finally going to get retired or not. Wow. Yep. I am reviewing something that I was originally just going to talk about in the geek outs. Uh, and all that's because right. I was only halfway through the season at the time. But I am done with the full season now. Uh, all 10 episodes. Season one of the Umbrella Academy. It's dope. Yeah. Has anyone delved into it yet? I'm like three episodes. Now. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think so far? I like it. I mean, it, it's fresh, right? Yeah. And I like how, I mean, dude, it's fresh. It's like 90s. It's like Sonic the Hedgehog. It's like attitude. No, it's not. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> By fresh, I mean, it's, it's different. It's, it's refreshing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's refreshing. Yeah. It's like, it's definitely like going back to there is no real having to meet expectations on like a, a level akin to like marvel or anything like mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. it's like we're doing our own thing yes we're gonna make our own thing here here's what we're dealing with and it feels very much like oh great like i get to start from zero for once like instead of having you know to meet certain expectations with a with a series but yeah i'm only like three episodes in but it's pretty good so far yeah i really liked it there's there's a lot of twists and turns a lot of things are not necessarily what you expect them to be, which I enjoy. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of questions brought up, a lot of answers given for those things. Very satisfying things, too. Oh, good. I, I'm not familiar with the comic series, so this was all new to me. Yeah. Although I did look into some stuff on like what they changed from it. Okay. And not knowing necessarily the source material, like just kind of based on the explanations, they're logical changes. So uh, just to kind of lend themselves more to this, there's even uh, the the two characters, Hazel and Cha-Cha. Mm -hmm. They're not in the first book of okay, the Umbrella okay. Academy. They don't come in until the second like graphic novel. I see. So they kind of were transplanted. But those are great characters. Yeah. Um, Hazel especially is like one of my favorite characters of the run mm. of the full season. Uh, they have been picked up already for a second season. Oh, nice. Which Good. is great because uh, obviously without spoiling anything. Uh, this is not a full story arc. Oh, this is definitely okay. a first season. Mm -hmm. And it's good that it got picked up because if this is where I ended, I would have been like, no, not again. <laughs> yeah. But one of the best things about the series are the performances, especially the unexpected ones. I don't know how old the kid who is actually playing number five is. Uh huh. Okay. Holy crap. But he's definitely, he's really good. Yeah. So there's, Every character, if I were to go into everyone, kind of the overall, do you know the overall premise? Or? I read a little bit of the synopsis, okay. yeah. So the Umbrella Academy, for anyone who doesn't know, if you're interested in watching the show or you want to know more before you watch, uh, the idea is that this was a group of people who were all born on the same day, mm -hmm. not the, not to the same mother, and all to apparently like mothers who didn't have a father. It was like Immaculate Conception, yeah. Yeah. but sped up. 
Yeah, and yeah. these weren't the only kids, I believe. I think this There's was just like, a group of them. There yeah. were like 60 or some odd kids. I think it's yeah. like 43 or something. Or, yeah, so, so there's this guy, Reginald Hargraves, who gathers, like adopts seven of them. Mm-hmm. Well, buys. Buys, okay. <laughs> oh, geez. Which is oh, a little okay. problematic to me, but I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. whatever. Like- so he, he buys these seven kids because uh, he is loaded and trains them to be a superhero team called yeah. the Umbrella Academy. And these kids go out with their powers and do all these things. Um, they mm-hmm. run into problems like one of them died uh, at a younger age. There's the one kid, this kid, Ben, who could have like tentacles. He was like an anime. Yeah, it was. <laughs> he would have like odd. tentacles come out of his body and like do all this crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. He he dies as a kid. We don't. Well, we kind of see it. They do like a quick scene. Yeah. Um, and then uh, one of the seven is ordinary and doesn't okay. have powers. So she's like the black sheep of the family in a way. Like she didn't de- get to go out on the missions right. or do anything like that. So I think we focus on her a lot because she's our way into the show. She, yeah, she's relatable. Yeah, to kind of understand the rest of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and all their powers are very different, very cool. And you learn a little bit more about like how they've developed over time. And they all come back together. Like they had mostly split off. Okay. And they all come back together when Reginald Hardgraves dies. Um, so they kind of come home and be like, oh, well, our dad died. We need to come home and like see this thing and yeah. make sure this is all good and blah, 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 whatever you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it, I don't know. It was it's very like different, very refreshing. Like they have uh, a monkey named Pogo. It was yeah, like an yeah. older monkey now that walks around with a cane. Yeah. Okay, and, that's like, actually pretty cool. There's they don't really explain him at all. He's just there. And you're yeah. like, OK, neat fine let's go with it and there's like weird stuff like that all the time and you're just like okay that's the world we're in Hmm. let's go there's one like one thing i liked about the first two episodes was that you know they use the death of the patriarch of this family in a way that in a very good like a very clever way in terms of like dropping plot hints throughout the entire first episodes because like it it's it's like seasoning on a meal like it keeps you wanting to come back for more because Mm -hmm. it's like wait like i just met this guy like five minutes ago why is he this size of a small shed yes you know or like why does like why does this girl not want to use her power anymore yeah and like they drop them so well because you are kind of in the same like space as these kids Mm -hmm. returning home having sort of an idea of what's going on but not really familiar with what everybody else has been doing Mm. and then you're kind of forced to like adapt to these this lack of information and that adaptation moves you through the series because you want to know everything that happens Mm -hmm. so i think they did a really good job about that just from a storytelling perspective agreed yeah and they keep dropping to uh flashbacks throughout the season uh they also one of the reasons they come back is to investigate it because they think that maybe it's a murder oh okay and they and as a superhero team you know Mm. that's what you do you investigate it uh but i forgot that what i was mentioning was because of number five uh, number five, his ability is to like teleport. Like okay. he tears little portals and goes through kind of in a nightcrawlerish type way. Cool. Uh, but he also, when he was younger, traveled through time. He was told not to do it. Oh no! Because it's very. He's, he was told that ripping through space is very different than ripping through time. And of course, kids mm-hmm. being kids, he was. I don't know what is he like, like thirteen or something in the show, or fifteen. Or, he's like a teenager when he first does it. Yeah. yeah. So they, 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 he rips through time. Okay. And he does it a few times. He's like, oh, this is easy. This is no problem. Mm-hmm. He ends up in one time frame where it's post-apocalyptic. Oh, the no. world has ended. Whoa. And then he tries getting home and his powers aren't working. Oh, wow. So he's that stuck is there. Terrifying. He's stuck there. He grows up 
lives like 30 or 40 years more. Yeah. And then in the first episode that by the end of it, he he comes back. Okay. It's then it's the first time they've seen him in years. Okay. And he's still a kid. He's reverted now. Like he grew up in the post-apocalyptic time. And he's like, I got the equations wrong when I jumped back. Yeah. And now I'm stuck in my like 13 year old body again. So he's the oldest one out of them by like 30 years. Mm -hmm. But he's a kid. And now this actor, this kid actor is playing this like 50 something year old guy. And it's so freaking believable. Yeah. Wow. Get out of here. It's this kid's performance is next level. I don't know if he'll get the full recognition he deserves. Mm-hmm. It's hard enough just to find someone that age that can act well, right. let alone act and feel like somebody in their freaking 50s. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, when you say superheroes, are they like crime fighting superheroes or is it more like giant? Like think more X-Men-ish. Super- okay. okay. Yeah. Like they're not they were going out there as a team when they were kids. But mm-hmm. they since they've grown up and everything, they've all left the house. They all feel a little bit abused and stuff mm, okay. just because of like their upbringing and how hard their dad was on them and training them and all that stuff. Not right. everybody's like really into that anymore. Like, yeah, one mm-hmm. girl like, kind of becomes like the celebrity. Another one is like an author and like they all have these like alternate lives, but like they are kind of being thrust back into their and they're not happy lives. about it. Yeah, gotcha. like, nobody's okay. happy about it. And there's definitely some underlying story things that you pick up from the first episode where you're like, what? Wait, hold on. And then and then you're like, oh, maybe this will be covered later on. So you just keep watching. Yeah, so, yeah. OK, again, I think I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah, it's only 10 that, episodes. That it's well good. worth the watch. Yeah. Very exciting. Cool. Uh, normally, I would wrap things up here. But but they haven't gotten an episode in two months, so <laughs> let's do news. All right. Uh, first thing here, Academy Award nominee Jason Reitman will direct and co-write a new Ghostbusters movie, like we said before, which mm-hmm. will be set in the same universe as the first two films, ignoring 2016's attempt at a Ghostbusters movie. Ivan Reitman, Jason's father and director of the first two Ghostbusters movies, will produce. Reitman said of the movie, quote, I've always thought of myself as the first Ghostbusters fan when I was a six-year-old visiting the set. I wanted to make a movie for all the other fans. This is the next chapter in the original franchise. It is not a reboot. What happened in the 80s happened in the 80s, and this is set in present day. The film is set for release on July 10th, 2020. This has been in development quietly for some time. That's really cool. Yes. So now Egon, the guy who played Egon, passed away. He did, yes. Mm -hmm. So this is not necessarily the same team. Just in the same universe. In the same universe. Okay. If we see those people, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to be the focus, though. Right. Yeah. And they'll probably keep their same roles, like the right. same characters. Oh, absolutely. Like somebody yeah. comes back as like a mentor or something or like I can, which is what I was saying forever. Like yeah. why the original not? pass on the torch. Yes. Like bring them back, have them train a new team and be a part of it and be like the old Batman to the Terry McGinnis yeah. and lead them into the charge and. Uh, some of them, like, uh, Vengman's probably reluctant to get back into it. Like, mm-hmm. there's so much stuff you can do here. Uh, and I'm just a fan of Jason Reitman in general as yep. a director. Yep. I love a lot of his movies, so I'm very excited that he's doing it. And, of course, that his dad is involved, because, you know, why not? Right That's, not. It's, 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 it's just a great story, even behind the scenes, Yeah, of how this all happened. Uh, Marvel's The Punisher and Jessica Jones has unsurprisingly been canceled at Netflix. The announcement follows in the footsteps of the previous cancellations of Iron Fist, Luke Cage, and Daredevil. The upcoming third season of Jessica Jones will still be released, serving as the show's final season and ending Marvel's multi-series run on the streaming service that began in 2013. 
Yeah, I mean, I. Like if you think about it from a business perspective, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I get yes, it. Marvel's sure. calling all their properties back home because they're trying to run their own streaming service. Although it's apparently Netflix's call and Marvel's like, oh, Netflix said they don't want to do it anymore. Which sounds to me just like a business decision. Yeah. It sounds like, like Disney was in the back room. We don't want any backlash, mirror. so we're going to make you say that it's your decision. Yep. Mm-hmm. Where, in fact, it might just be a contractual issue. Right. But, like, I mean... Yeah, so there's a funny thing about The Punisher when it was canceled. It was like two of my worlds crossing over, like rap music and uh, like nerdy or not nerdy stuff, but, you know, like Netflix shows like The Punisher. So like Eminem, who rarely tweets out about anything that's not rap related, Mm -hmm. he tweeted out. He was like Netflix or at Netflix, you are making a huge mistake by canceling The Punisher. Oh, wow. And I was just like, that's so weird for like, I mean, I guess it is kind of. Like a very popular show, of course, maybe he would watch it, but yeah. it's very like it, it seemed uncharacteristic for him to tweet out something about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, just kind of magnifies the whole thing, like about it being a mistake. Like, I mean, clearly, The Punisher was a very successful show. Yeah, a lot of people liked it. Like, I don't know, like how you would move it to another service without canceling it and then rebooting it. But I mean, John, they technically can. Oh, they can. They could. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The only the, the contract. The so the original stuff said that the only catch they're going to run into is that when the deal was made with Netflix originally, uh, it was said that if any of the shows got canceled, they could not appear in another form like TV or movie wise for two years. Oh, so there's okay. a two year window, meaning that all these people are going to move on to other projects. Mm-hmm. They can't sit around and wait. And right. it's going to be hard to reassemble them and do that. So that would be the tough part. However, one of those series is not a part of that original deal. That is the Punisher. Oh, really? Because they were not... The original deal included the Defenders. The Punisher was a spinoff of Daredevil. It is, that's right. So it was not part of the original deal and therefore does not follow the same rules. I don't know what the specifics of that one are, mm-hmm. but I don't believe it has that two-year waiting period built in. Yeah. I, I don't foresee all of them surviving. I don't I, either. I, I could no. see a couple. I don't foresee all of them surviving. No. And I wouldn't be... Like, people have talked about Heroes for Hire, um, like taking Iron Fist and Luke Cage. Like, I don't think they would do Iron Fist again. Yeah. Because it was not looked on fondly. Right. It was the Uh, weakest of all of them. But people have still been asking for Heroes for Hire. Mm -hmm. And I can see them making a series out of that or Daughters of the Dragon, Mm -hmm. which is Misty Knight and uh, Colleen Wing. Okay. Because people have been asking for that, too. So it's kind of the merging of both of those worlds having their own series. I would watch either of those for sure. Yeah, it was inevitable. Um, It's business politics. Yeah, it is. Chris Hemsworth is set to portray wrestling superstar Hulk Hogan in a biopic that reunites director Todd Phillips and writer Scott Silver of the upcoming DC Comics movie The Joker. The film will focus on the rise of the wrestling icon and is described as an origin story of the Hulkster and Hulkamania. Wrestling fans will be happy to know that Terry Bollea, a.k.a. Hulk Hogan himself, will act as a consultant and executive producer on the movie, as will Eric Bischoff. Neat. So, like, uh, right after they made this announcement, um, I don't know if you follow him, but there's a, a guy on Instagram and social media in general. Uh, his name is Boss Logic. He I've heard the name. Of, he does sure. a lot of these, like, renders whenever somebody's announced as, like, a thing for a movie. Oh, really? Or, like, a character. Like, he'll just put that person in that role. Okay, cool. Or, like, he'll, like, take something and be like, I would really love for this actor to play this character. Like he does that all the time. That's cool. Like he's like, he's gained like recognition, not just in his own industry, but also like publicly, like they, uh, somebody used a render of, uh, that he put together on like Jimmy Kimmel live. Oh, wow. And like that brought him out to like 
Cal, like I think he's based in Australia or New Zealand, but then he flew out to California and like had all these meetings. Like I follow him on Instagram, so that's why I saw like it in his story, like you know, like all these things that were happening. Yeah, yeah. And so like I mean, shout out to him. Like he's like a super cool dude and he does really good work. But like he did one for Chris Hemsworth as Hulk Hogan. Like the only thing like and so it gives you a like a, a way to envision the guy as okay. the character. Yep. The only thing that I don't get from Chris Hemsworth that I wish I would is like that intensity. Like, you know how like Hulk Hogan he just yeah. always had those like coked out eyes. Yeah, like yeah. his <laughs> eyes were just like huge, like, let me tell you something, brother. Like yeah. and he just like the the intensity, like he was just always sweaty and greasy and just like you don't get that from Chris Hemsworth because I don't, but I think he's capable of it. And I hope to see it. Yeah. To be honest, like, cause like I like Chris Hemsworth and I think he can do Hulk Hogan well. It's just that, you know, there is that sort of like characteristic intensity that I haven't seen Chris Hemsworth portray sure. in any role. Like mm-hmm. Thor's not like that. No. Like, what movie is though? Yeah. Like right. none of the movies that he's in have had that really sort of like, you know, like that sort of over the top, like 11 out of 10 intensity yeah, that yeah. Hogan has. So I'm really, I'm, I'm curious to see him do it and I hope it turns out well. I imagine he'll have quite a bit of fun with it. Yeah. I can't wait to see like the mustache on yep, him yep. too. That's going to be Is amazing. he going to do the hair? I hope so. Like he'd have to shave his head like that. Or just have like the wig, you know? Like yeah. They have like yeah. that scalp treatment That's where true. like, they just stretch something over your head that yeah, makes yeah. you look like male pattern baldness, but like. <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, I think that's kind of like the dirty secret of Hulk Hogan, because I never knew that growing up. Yeah, they I always wears the that, bandana. Yeah, I always found that out, like, when I was in college. Yeah. And I was <laughs> like, oh, wait, he has no hair? And somebody showed me a picture, and I was like, holy shit! Yeah. But yeah, Chris Hemsworth, definitely looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. According to Variety, Will Smith will not be returning for the upcoming Suicide Squad sequel. Sources say scheduling was the ultimate factor and that the decision was made on amicable terms between both sides with no hard feelings. Guardians of the Galaxy director James Gunn, who was brought on the project after being dropped by Disney for past tweets, is hoping to start production this fall. The release date is currently set for August 6th, 2021. We could get into the whole James Gunn tweet thing, but then this would be a three hour podcast. Uh, and that is a road I don't necessarily want to go down right now. It's it, that could be a say segment for yeah, another episode. It's complete BS and yeah. it's garbage and it's stupid and I hate it. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, like I heard about this and then I just thought, like, wait, so we're losing Deadshot, but we're getting the stupid blue genie from Aladdin. Like, <laughs> fuck out of here! Like, oh my god, Will Smith can do anything he wants. Yes, yes, he is one of those guys in Hollywood that just. Like, he can suggest something, and a studio will make it based around his suggestion. Totally. Mm-hmm. So why is Detective Pikachu using better CGI than the fucking genie from Aladdin? I that think we- that's an easier answer than most people are thinking about. I think they rushed out a trailer and made a blue genie, because originally he wasn't going to be a blue genie. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, the original Entertainment Weekly uh, article like cover that came out. Uh-huh had Aladdin Jasmine the genie and Will Smith was just Will Smith. Yeah, he wasn't colorized. He at was all. filmed all live action. Oh my god. And I think that what they oh, did you're is thinking it's in post. Yeah, people flipped out. They were like, why isn't the genie blue? Mm, the oh, internet really? went nuts because right. the genie wasn't blue. And then the, they gave us our first teaser that showed the genie in moving form. And all of a sudden we had a blue CGI genie and then the internet flipped out again because they rushed the CGI. Uh, right. It looked horrible. I was just like, what is this? And like my favorite sort of like meme that resulted from it was somebody turned the blue pink 
And then they put in, they put a picture of Majin Buu right next to him. Oh my God. And it looks like, it's fucking hilarious. Like it just, I mean, it's clearly just such a bad job that somebody could Photoshop the genie as Majin Buu. Yeah. It would actually look better than the genie. Like, I think the biggest problem is that the genie looks like Will Smith. The fact that they're not doing like a cartoony CGI genie is Mm -hmm. a problem. I actually Mm -hmm. watched a video, somebody talking about like why it's an issue. Like he did, he was like, I'm not commenting about the quality of the CGI. I'm talking about why it's a problem that the genie looks like Will Smith. Mm-hmm. It's because the the genie we got in the original version of Aladdin is like made of like very smooth curves and like he's kind of an amorphous blob, yes, amorphous. but he has enough. He has a few features that are very recognizable right away mm-hmm. so that if you transform him into the hundreds of different things that they did. Yeah. All you need is those features and you know it's the genie. Mm. And he can still take on like the look of other things and other like people that he was doing impressions of. Yep. And still be the genie because he has those few key features. Yeah. So if you take away the fact that genie is this ball of clay and now you make him look like a person, if you take those features away, what is that genie anymore now? Mm-hmm. So that's I mean, that's why it worked so well. Like if Will Smith is voicing the genie, fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the genie needs to be this amorphous blob with just like key features. Yeah. Yeah. But I bet it's like you're paying for Will Smith. And do you really want to, are we though? It's Aladdin. I guess they could have all no names and I'm going to see it. Right. I want a good, give me Billy West as the genie. Give me a voice actor that can do all the crazy impressions. Mm hmm. That is going to fully represent that kind of manic Robin Williams style of right. genie. The comedian, yeah, yeah comedy, Will Smith's not pulling that, that off. Style. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like we're not. We're not, if people want Robin Williams genie, we are not going to get that. Yeah, he's not even capable of that. It's going to be quite different. Yes, it's going to be weird. The only thing I can see them doing to compensate is actually bringing people to do the voices of their own impressions. Like, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, he turns into Jack Nicholson doing a voice. Jack Nicholson is doing the voice. Oh, okay. All right. Like, I can see that working on a level, and that would actually be kind of interesting. Yeah. But it's, I don't know, aside from that. Yeah. Uh, I, I said earlier that, I, like, I would need another trailer to convince me, and this is not the trailer to no, convince me. Not, no, it is not. Not at all. No, yeah. it's not. Star Trek Discovery has been renewed for a third season at CBS All Access. Michelle Paradise will serve as a new co-show runner alongside producer Alex Kurtman for season three. Kurtzman said of his co-show runner, quote, Michelle joined us midway through season two and energized the room with her ferocious knowledge of Trek, her grasp of character and story detail. Her drive and her focus have already become essential in ensuring the Trek legacy and her fresh perspective always keeps us looking forward even though the show is stuck in the past. I'm sorry. I think I added that last part on. Um, I've not gone back to Discovery since finishing season one. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's for me. Uh, And uh, my reason to continue watching would have been it's the only Star Trek I'm getting right now, especially with the movies not continuing. But now that I know, now I know the Picard series is on the way Mm -hmm. and we're getting uh, the comedic animated Lower Decks cartoon there's possibly going to be an animated show for kids that's Star Trek based. That's not going to be on all access, but on something else. And they're doing a section 31 or sector 31. I don't even know what it is exactly. That's a spinoff of Discovery. So I'm not going to watch that either. Yeah, because that has its own problems thematically with the show. I'm going to just leave all Discovery. I think it's not mine. No, that's fine. It give me be someone else's. Yeah. Give me other Star Trek. That's fine. Yeah. Or I'll just rewatch. Next gen again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like you'll have a problem with that. Yeah. 
During a quarterly earnings call with Wall Street analyst AMC COO Ed Cowell confirmed that the network is actively developing another spinoff of The Walking Dead. Cowell stated, quote, we're not at a stage where we'll be announcing its plans to premiere, but we have hired creative people that have pitched story outlines. We feel very good about the development of that series. We're not in a position to talk about partnerships in terms of other territories or ancillary windows. Other than that, there's a healthy appetite for it, and we've had a number of conversations with a lot of players in the space. But why, though? Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. I think and it's because they feel the decline. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and there's still money on the table. It's yeah. just they need to do something to grab as much of it before they can't. And they're trying, I think, to find out if any of these other things will work. Mm-hmm. So they can let the first one go. Exactly. Because Rick is gone. Yep. And, and we'll be doing movies. Right. We'll be doing movies. Walking Dead movies. Which is it's just all right. Like every, Michonne's next. Like yeah. I haven't even watched since. Oh, God. I don't even remember the last thing that happened. I think it was like the prison. Or no, they found. Or, fuck, <laughs> that long. Yeah. yeah you're you're been, sitting around like season three or four. Like they found Alexandria. Or no, like. They uh, or the last thing that happened was the the walls at Alexandria fell. Oh, okay, yeah. So you're Neg- a little bit further. Like I even like I even watched the part where Negan killed uh, Stephen Yen's character. Mm-hmm. Like I just fell off after that point. And like I feel like every article that I see now about The Walking Dead is just about how their ratings are so low. Right. Like, each successive week is just like this is the week with the lowest. But they're like, still doing fine. They're still better than so many other shows, even right. though their ratings are declining. Yeah, but, I mean, they're declining, ratings, but they're up way high still. Yeah. But if your ratings are declining, that means that there's there's less of an audience for it. Like, I mean, I guess at some point, like, I don't know. It just seems like nobody cares anymore. Like, I don't know anybody that watches it religiously. No. Like, I, mean, I guess, though, if a spinoff came out and everyone was like, I'll give it a shot because I miss Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And I used to watch it, and I like it, and I've heard this spinoff is really good. Then maybe they could re-energize, uh, re-energize some people. It, it could work better than what they did with Fear the Walking Dead, which was like a spinoff parallel series. Mm. If it's something that spins off and either takes either certain characters or certain, I don't know, like objectives from the first one and kind of goes in another direction, that could probably work. But if it if it tries to, you know, do what Fear the Walking Dead did, I don't I don't think it will attract that same audience without a lot without having to get over a giant barrier like future timeline would be cool yeah like i would like to see like what happens later like how people how society is recovered Mm -hmm. i'm not necessarily interested in like a prequel or like a you know like you want to see where it's just all zombies no, I just want to see where it goes. Because that, that's here. where it's going to be. It's just going to be all zombies. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, that'd be I'm writing the show. It's right? just zombies. They just walk zombies, around. Zombies everywhere. That's the whole show. We're going to have no a real giant people around makeup anymore. department <laughs> and like two actors. And then the zombies the all die because they have nothing to eat. Yeah. Oh, wait. Can they? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. understand the Walking Dead's logic. I don't like I I've watched one episode, so I don't know. I don't know how the world works. Yeah, I, I don't really know. It's been a while since yeah. I've walked into it. What gets me about The Walking Dead, though, which is the weirdest thing, is that like I'm pretty sure that in the original source material with the comics is that Rick is supposed to die and Carl continues yes. over. Yep. But and like, I don't know. Spoiler alert. The the opposite kind of happens. Yeah, yeah. And then Rick leaves. So it's like, well, they've they've deviated so much at this point. Right. It, it's just the weird thing, though, is that like it was such a close time that like they killed off one character, but then they lost the actor for the other. character. Yeah. If they had continued with oh, it yeah, yeah, yeah. could they could have kept going yeah. without having a such a hard pivot sure 
I hated Carl so much. <laughs> He's just so dumb. Yeah. Like not the actor, but just the, the child, the character Carl was just like every time he was just doing something dumb, like yeah. eating a fucking bucket of pudding on the roof. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> like you're in the apocalypse. What are you doing, bro? Right. Lastly, <laughs> AMC has also announced the cancellation of its post-apocalyptic series into the Badlands. No. Why? I know. The show will conclude its run after the final eight episodes of its current third season. So they're on mid-season break still yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say probably the like, I love it. It's still a great show. Yeah. I think the problem with Into the Badlands is the big breaks. Mm, like yeah. they have big breaks between seasons and they have big breaks between mid seasons. And yeah. I think that is the thing that's holding them back because yeah. people are not even aware when it comes back. Yeah, that's right. true. And like AMC is not like, I mean, if, unless you watch AMC, like you're not, or like the only reason I know that it's coming back on like the 23rd and the 24th yeah, yeah. is because I follow Daniel Wu and Lewis Tan on Instagram. Yeah. And like they plug it relentlessly. So that's like the only reason I know it's coming back. Like otherwise, like I don't necessarily watch AMC all the time. So like I wouldn't see it and I'm not in Hollywood. So I don't see the, the billboards or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I'm I'm not happy. I mean, like it's a good show. Like you could flesh out so much out of that sort of like you know, like we don't even know what happened for them to like be to in that be, situation. Yeah. Why is there a giant wall built? Like that felt like a big freaking plot hole that they're not filling in. It felt like just recently they started introducing things from our time oh, that yeah. have kind of lasted over all these years. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's so exciting. Let's start linking them together. Like, I want to know, like, yes, I love this world. And I want to know more about this world, too. But I also want to know about, like, what happened. What happened. Yeah. yeah. Wait, you guys want closure? Is that what I'm seeing here? You want yeah. closure? I know it's a lot to ask <laughs> of a TV mm. show. But from an old man perspective, yes, we'd like yeah, some closure. I'd like some closure, too. <laughs> Don't yeah, closure like, shame me. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I like Into the Badlands, and I wish it would continue but I'm also excited about like what some of these actors are going to be doing Agreed. in the future. Agreed. Because I know, like for example, Louis Tan, who I didn't know was the son of a very famous like martial arts actor in the eighties. Oh. Like his dad was like one of those guys that was like in a lot of martial arts movies hmm. in like the in the seventies, eighties, and nineties. But like um, he's doing a Netflix series called Wu Assassins, which is like a it's literally just like if they took an anime and they made it into a live action show oh yeah yeah it's like this guy gets caught up in this thing and then now he has to go off and fight against these supernaturally powered assassins it is literally just the storyline from 90 percent of anime <laughs> and it's like amazing because like you know it's like the people i think the people that are doing it are all very like experienced martial artists and they're all big in like their particular stunt field or whatever and so it's like the the quality of the fight choreography is probably going to be very high. Yeah. And, you know, like these, and I'm a fan of most of the people that are on the show. So I'm like pretty excited to see what's happening, even though I wish they would continue into the Badlands. Yeah, I know. know. Yeah. It's a great show. Very visually pleasing as well. Just really cinematic, beautiful. They use colors very well. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Very satisfying. I like Daniel Wu a lot. I'm excited Mm -hmm. to see what he does, but also if people haven't checked it out yet, we did uh, an interview, or I should say I did an interview with Emily Beecham, who plays the widow mm. uh, during the filming of season two. And that's on the podcast as well. So if you search for that, you can find and enjoy that as well. Uh, final thoughts or something you would like to plug before we get out of here, Paul. Um, I don't have anything to plug personally, but, you know, if 
you want to support the podcast. It's funny how like if you put money into something, it gets better. I think we've covered that a couple of times. We have. We have. And then we've covered it before. But, you know, if you want to support, you know, go to the Geek Generation website, click on the support link, you know, um, put some money into the pod, infuse the pod with funds and things will get better. It would be very helpful for our next stage. I will say that. And we'd be very grateful. That's interesting. He's saying that and he's looking at me like. I have a plan, but I'm not going to tell you yet. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you when we turn the mics oh, off. Ooh, I'm just not ready to announce it. That's a real yet. teaser. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, just, you know, if, hey, you know what? Hey. Let's just do this. If, uh, you know, I've, I've heard about this in other podcasts and I thought this might be a good idea for us. Like, you know, we reach certain Patreon goals. Maybe we do something for the people. You know? Yeah. We, I mean, we do have goals. One, there's bonus episodes on there for them to get. Mm-hmm. So that's something for the people, as opposed to the free podcast we've been doing for nine years for the people. Um, there's also... <laughs> right. <laughs> Passive, aggressive, Rob. <laughs> there's also uh, the, the the our next goal, if we ever hit 250 a month, Random Movie Club goes weekly. Yeah. I'm talking about like... You're pers- talking about like, like a, a, things like a, would be personally embarrassing for the host. Oh yeah. Oh that, geez. Oh, boy. All right. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I why would they want going, more Paul. content? They yeah. want to. They want to shame us because yeah. that, that seems to motivate people though. Like That's if they're true. like, true. you know, like if the pod reaches like a hundred Patreon subscribers, uh-huh. then Volpe takes his shirt off for the camera or something <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Look at him pimping out Volpe right? so fast. Right? I mean, you know. Yeah. Okay. So because we're out of ideas, uh, please let us know by sending an email to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com or tweet us at Geek Generation and let us know what goals you would like to see on the Patreon because yeah. I'm open to hear things, especially if they're about Volpe. Right. <laughs> we can make that happen. <laughs> Damien. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at MC Hammer Bro and type that into other places. You might find me with an account somewhere and then you can just pop in and say hi. Pornhub. Hey, <laughs> other than that, um, you know, just keep an eye out for all, all the new stuff that's coming to the site. But yeah, that's me. Sweet. For everything else we do, head on over to thegeekgeneration.com. If you use iTunes, please rate the show and write a review. We always appreciate those. You can watch our live events at twitch.tv slash thegeekgeneration. You can support both this show and Random Movie Club while getting access to exclusive bonus content by visiting our Patreon campaign at thegeekgeneration.com slash support. Make sure to join us on our Discord server where we keep the conversation going, not only about this show, but also many other geeky things. You can get there by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash Discord. You can send emails to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. We'll be back soon, hopefully, with more geeky stuff for you. We'll see you then. Later. Make it so.